Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 76. We made it back down two straight days. Could be three. Could be three, question mark. So I'm your host, back in the basement with my co-host and teenage son, correct? Mm, I think so. Can confirm. Jackson, say hello, Jack. 76 is more than 75. One more, but actually, not a lot of people know that. It's true. Yeah. Honestly, if we had school Monday, I would probably be like, yeah, we'll, do, we'll record three days in a row, but... Um, it's, it is pushed back a bit, so I mean, yep, yeah, and yeah, we just got the my, your your mom just sent me a message about how they're just gonna stop tracking the numbers in schools because they just you know numbers are skyrocketing where we live and they don't like the numbers, so they're just gonna stop counting and reporting the cases in schools, which makes everyone feel super safe. But that's their logic and their strategy. So, anyways, who really cares? Yep, We're just gonna get sense. through it no matter what, right? So. But yeah, we are back. We were, In case you missed it yesterday, we put out our best of 2021 episode. So wherever you're listening to this, you can find that. If you didn't see it already, would appreciate the listen listen, and any feedback you have for us. Well, what do you want to banter about wanna, today? If you want to ridicule our choices, like insult me on everyone, I would right? welcome that. Yes, because we there wasn't a lot of variation in our choices. We were There's a lot of consensus, but still um, some different reasoning and stuff provided, I guess. And our New Year's, it is New Year's Day now, so Happy New Year's again, but uh, yeah. we had a pretty laid-back New Year's, right? We just Watched made some Dick pizzas Clark. made some pizzas from scratch, um, then had some snacks later on in the night and did our usual thing, which is watch Dick Clark's whatever Chris New Year's thing and rip on most of the pop Oh, I rip on, although they, just, they because... started good this year. Well, they, they didn't have a lot of variety this year because COVID. Right. I feel like even last year they... They were able to get more people, so it was a, it was a little bit. And who was the co-host introduced to us as a social superstar? Oh, um, Liza Koshy, who t- I have I I do know who that is, but even I was not prepared for how irritated I would be. I aspire to be introduced ever as a social superstar because I don't know what that means, but that sounds Just say, like social media person guru. I honestly like <laughs> mega star social, social superstar is just so like I sound like such a boomer because I just don't have social media so I don't get no, even I don't think I've ever heard that kind of um wording before I think that's very it's very odd yeah so we stayed up watched the ball drop whatever whatever celebrated the new year and then you guys slept in I yeah, got up at my usual time up very late and we're supposed to get a big dump of snow tonight into tomorrow, so I think snowboarding for you guys should be a lot better because yeah. you got passes at the local hill last yeah, week. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. So that you guys, yeah, but, back yeah. into snowboarding, which is great. We can, me and your mother and the neighbors down the street can just drop you off at the hill for, and you enjoyed when it's at night, right? Night, I, I always say skiing. I default to skiing because that's what I do, but mm-hmm. snowboarding, riding, I think the cool kids call it. I don't know. Sure. But anyways, it's a cool activity you can do to get some exercise, get outside, and be relatively safe in our COVID-infested province that we live in right now. Yeah. But So that's pretty exciting. Other yeah. than that, um, I don't know. We're just kind of enjoying the weekend. We were going to walk over to Booster Juice after this, but your mother pointed out to us, hey, dummies, it's New Year's Day. Stuff's not open. Yeah, that's because I'm not that smart. That tracks, right? That's because we're not smart together. We're just like, what? Our routine is record podcast. Go get booster juice. Why booster juice no cooperate with our routine, right? Yeah, that's pretty inconsiderate of them, actually. I think so. They should have consulted us at least, gotten yeah. our permission to close. Or like have one person there, just right. so then like just us. Honestly, like... just make the smoothies, leave it sitting outside the door. It's cold enough. It probably would have stayed fine, and we could have just picked it up. Yeah. 
Is that too much to ask? Yeah, Booster juice? Honestly. Oh, I also forgot to mention I had two bubble teas yesterday. You well, did. actually, no. We no, actually we, don't mention that. Because I could hear you when I listened back to the podcast last night. I could hear your straw squeaking and Well, it's because like, sometimes you want to drink the bubbles, but then sometimes you don't want to drink the bubbles. And you right? reposition the straw yes. to do so. Yes. Exactly. I grasp the concept as the guy listening back to... It wasn't terrible, actually. It's about the same as your Lego figures or wrestling figures clicking on the table every week that people probably... Maybe they find it soothing. I, I told ASMR. you I, I did kind of accidentally check out some ASMR because I was looking at mic reviews and <laughs> accidentally I didn't really check out some ASMR. I didn't notice that it was a mic review using ASMR because I'm a nerd and I watch mic reviews and whatnot. So right. it was interesting to see. I could see how people like it. I felt a bit strange watching it, but I could see <laughs> people using it for re- relaxation and sleep and stuff, I guess, because it was fairly relaxing it was just a girl whispering and like tapping on things and, and scraping things and like getting bubble wait, wrap wait, we and, could get into that business we could, right? we could get into that yeah, for sure I'd be gonna just go like, but yeah i mean on the surface i'm not gonna lie it sounded kind of ridiculous to me but i could see how it's relaxing and probably help some people sleep so i stumbled across some asmr can't say i'm gonna be into it in the future but <laughs> you never know yeah uh, that's just that's yeah anything it's, else you want to talk about as i sip odd. coffee um well so in figuring out i'll probably talk about but because i did say last week i'll run down what you got stuff and then on boxing day um i did decide to go out again which was less of a stupid decision this time because i did not go to the biggest mall we know right um and i came home with five aw figures you did one of which is which we had to return some anyways because as you progress in your figure collecting career. It the used... funny part is the ones that you had to return were ones you also got me for Christmas. So right. you bought them twice. Right. Which I think is really funny. But the thing is, we used to know when you were relatively new to collecting, or at least I could tell mom, like which ones you had and didn't have, right? But now it's an absolute crapshoot because I have no idea you have so many. You're such a spoiled child. Yeah. That I can't keep track of what you oh, have yeah, and I, don't have. The good news is, though, I'm very specific when it comes to the... Yes, and the duplicates were my fault because oh. I... Mom told me she had already gotten you Series 4, and for whatever reason, I gapped on that piece of information and or didn't look to see that they were Series 4 that I was getting again because <laughs> there were some Series 6 there, too. So I think I just thought they were all Series 6 and never checked and then just grabbed a bunch. So anyways, I was trying, but it all worked out for you anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't we'll complain. talk about that we later. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about or should we get into talking about uh, the, some wrestling from this week? Uh, yeah, I can think of anything else. So yep, let's right. get started. So let's move into talking about the first thing we do every week, which is looking at the week's news and rumors. <laughs> Ratings time. Uh, start out with NXT as I always do. Tuesdays live New Year's Evil Go Home Edition. I guess technically of NXT 2.0 drew 662,000 viewers. So that's up a healthy 12.01% for them. Earned a 0.16 in the 18 to 49 demographic they all care about so much. That was up the a key demo. That's it. Up a whopping 45.45%. And it was the best audience since their Halloween Havoc episode, the fourth best viewership and demo rating since the rebrand to 2.0. I think that was in September, right, if I remember correctly? Uh, Close to yeah, it. somewhere around then, yeah. So a good week for NXT, really. I mean, overall, those numbers aren't amazing, but they're up, right? So I think that's what they're going for ahead of New Year's Evil next right. week. 
which at least has one match that I will for sure tune into, and you said you will even as well, which gets us Walter Riddle, kind of with some extended people in, around it. Uh, in some capacity. We get MSK right. as well and Imperium, which is fine. I yeah, mean, that's that should good, be a good match. That's a good talent pool. I think so too. As you'd say. As they say. Uh, Wednesday's live New Year's Smash edition of AEW Dynamite drew 975,000 viewers, so down 4.41%, earned a 0.37 in the key demo, which is exactly the same as last week. So it's their best key demo viewership since October 27th, like tied for it, obviously. And to their credit, there was stiff competition from college football, which I think was in their somewhat convoluted playoff system and NBA basketball. So pretty good numbers for both uh, companies and programs this week, which is always nice. More eyes on wrestling is never a bad thing. As someone who doesn't like sports, I'd rather watch college football than NXT. Wow, that is a bold statement yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, anything from you? Um, in quite funny news... Apparently, a horrible AJ Styles versus Omos match was reportedly cut from this week's Raw. Oh, really? Last week's Raw. Right, because it was advertised last week when they kind of split. So it was yes. advertised for this week. Then it became, then Styles was, uh, they, I guess that was bad. And then they said him to face Commander Z's, but then he ended up facing Apollo Crews. Yes. Um, and all so I'm, all I'm going to say is AJ Styles is not one to have horrible matches. Right, I was just going to say that. So... If AJ yeah. Styles can't pull out an acceptable, and let's be honest, this doesn't need to be up to like AEW pay-per-view standards. This is main roster WWE. There, it's not like it has to anything be a five-star pass- match. Anything passable, right? Um, and AJ Styles is amazing. So I don't. That's so. How did it get cut? Was it not a live show? I'm confused. I don't know. It was. It was the day after Boxing Day. I think it was an MSU, and I don't know how. That was cut. I, I, I guess it was taped. Or Must something. have been. Yeah. Um, I, maybe, I mean, maybe they taped it when they taped Christmas Smackdown. They've or, done a really good know. job of sort of inching Omos along, but apparently not good enough. No, man, he doesn't. And I've heard um, the other big guy that's with um, Apollo Cruz. Oh, um, Baba Tunde, <laughs> which is what? Com- Daba Keda or Commander Z. There now. you go. I've heard he's like unbelievably bad, like great Kali levels of bad. Yeah, which looks is, like him too. Which is about, I'm trying to think if Kali's like the worst wrestler I remember seeing that got considerable attention, right? I don't know if there's anybody worse than him that I could, I don't know how off the top of my anyone, head as they say. I don't know how there's anyone worse than him. He let's was just say. unbelievable. Um, I believe you had this one too, but I'm going to steal it from you. WWE reveals Thievery. the new name of the NXT title belt. So there's a unification match, right? Be- um, between Carmelo Hayes and Roderick yes. Strong. They're going to unify the North American and cruiserweight championships. Yes. So, I my They're theory make a new title. My theory was one would be absorbed and it would just be gone, which right, is kind of true. That's what I was thinking, right? And I think that just works more because I think. They're kind of moving away from a cruiserweight title, right? They right. they would naturally absorb that into the North American title, and then if they feel the need that which they usually do to to create a new title in place, then you could just go with like I don't know. Something else. My, my like idea open was open weight. weight, right? Like keep that title, make it open weight. So now it's for everybody. But and this makes me laugh because this is a company who is like on the record saying they now just want big people, right? Especially in on, NXT, on this brand, right? they yeah. want big people. They want to develop those people, right? So with that, they've decided to make this new unified belt, uh, the North American Cruiserweight title. So just go ahead, react to that. How do you feel? I thought this was very funny when I saw this. It is it's just, ridiculous. It's really stupid. Like, 
A, that's just too many words. B, uh, I thought the whole point was this is we're we're ditching the cruiserweight right. title, and like I don't know if you're gonna unify the titles into new title, at least make it a new title. Right, I, like like they're fi- I thought they were finding a way, which I was fine with, of getting rid of a title that is absolutely meaningless. Right, the cruiserweight championship right now. No offense to Roddy Strong, he's awesome, but the the belt itself is pretty much worthless. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. They're just going to absorb it. It's going to be gone. God, they have to make a new title for this and they get rid of the North American title. I'm going to lose my mind because that title is awesome. And not only are they getting rid it's of a beautiful. belt that's useless, but they're getting rid of a weight division because it doesn't make sense anymore because they don't want small guys. But then they're keeping it. So they added a weight limit to a more prominent title. And a better looking title. Is how I feel, right? So you've taken a title that has a little bit of pedigree to it and now you're making it cruiserweight only. So... I don't know what they're doing here. It seems really counterintuitive to what they've been telling us for a couple months now. But I mean, assuming that expecting WWE to make logical decisions, I mean, that's on us, right? Why are we expecting? This is far from logical. So I don't know. This It makes no sense to me, but we'll see what happens going forward. What do you have since I stole that one from you? Um, I'll steal one back. Uh, WWE did release Tony Storm. They sure did. Well, which is I mean, nice. or she left the company, right? There's sort of mixed reports on on what it was it said that she quit wwe this week and then the company granted her release but it's unknown um what her no compete is so dave Meltzer noted that another story going around is that storm was never booked for the house show but it was a last minute call to go and show up and wrestle and so she did and then she basically paid for her own flight home right away um added that she's walking away from a good main roster contract this is Meltzer still that the main reason going around for her exit is that she just felt burned out. And a few weeks ago, I don't know if it's related or not, but she had sort of talked about her frustration about having to sit in catering on SmackDown every week, right? Like, you Well, get... she was in a few Charlotte, though. And I thought that she got used more than some people do, right? I right. mean, I don't watch a lot of main roster, but I just see commentary and hear commentary. Yeah, and she stuff. had a title match against Charlotte, like, and... She was doing stuff with Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure she's not happy with her push or lack thereof, but, and whatever, if you're not happy and you want out, listen, with WWE releasing whatever people constantly, I have no issue with the talent going, I'm done with you, right? If if the corporation can do that, then so can the people working there, right? If the bosses can just cut you on a moment's notice and suddenly your contract is meaningless, which is what they're doing, right? We'll sign you to a contract for X number of years, but the minute we feel like firing you, we'll just fire you. So I have no problem with talent exercising yeah, their just, right to do the same. I, I, do ki- I am kind of disappointed that she's gone because now there's the potential that she shows up in AEW, which is the last thing I want. She hasn't always looked bad, though. I don't understand what... Because I agree, she didn't look good in NXT when we watched her. But I've seen her look good before, so I'm not quite sure what's I've going on. There's potential there. I've rarely seen her look good. Like, she looks solid sometimes, but I think most of the time she does not look good. And I believe she's very overrated. And she looks like a star making her entrance. We always say that, right? That she's entrance, got a, yeah, the entrance She is looks good. cool, but, but then the bell that, rings, that as entran- they say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, I'm saying that's what we said. Yeah. That entrance was based on her and. She's very overrated, in my opinion. I think people seem to love her, and I just she could don't have been honor overrated. I forgot Best about of. her. Yeah, but honorable um, mention. Oh wait, no, that's on worst of actually. So oh, that would be we worst can of. still throw her in. her in there. We can still throw her in. Um, so um, d- WWE yeah. is reportedly sounds like uh, schooling the school oh, system no, up here. They have reportedly stopped testing their talents for COVID nineteen. So same thing. They're going with the strategy of listen. 
too many people are testing positive. We don't want to look bad. So the way to stop that is just to stop testing, right? So Fightful Select reports that the move came down over the holiday weekend with developmental talent at WWE Performance Center being notified that the COVID testing would no longer be mandatory. Prior to that, they'd been tested twice each week. So the only way now that talent will be tested is if they're showing symptoms, and this is my own editorial, for an illness that is highly transmissible with many patients being asymptomatic, right? So what that means is so lots like it of... it could still go around without you even noticing. Have, right. So just testing people who are showing symptoms again, is a way to keep your numbers down, but it's not a way of stopping transmission. So interesting strategy. So despite yeah, but what's more important than them? numbers on the rise across the country, WWE's decided to stop testing. They're just sick of having talent miss events, right? So if they stop testing, they'll stop getting positive results and talent will stop having to miss shows. And so speaking of day one is tonight. <laughs> it's better for their business, uh, worse for their employees. Yeah, we'll see how many employees are around for the pay-per-view tonight anything else you yeah have? we were saying it could be interesting we could get a repeat of remember <laughs> that good episode of smackdown That's, in 2019 that is funny that is the last time i remember like overwhelmingly popular opinion like positive opinions on smackdown is when what was it a volcano i don't know I don't i'm pretty know. sure or, it was a volcano i thought i don't know i thought wasn't it something with the travel yes but whatever? i think i don't know i, I, I don't know why i think airline or whatever volcano it but could be. um in saudi arabia right and but so they NXT, booked it on the fly right remember that yeah and they had adam cole versus daniel bryan like right. that's awesome it and was, there's and like champa beat miz and Riddle did stuff too, and Keith Lee was there. And that could be um, what we're getting tonight, right? We don't know at night one, or what was it called? Is that what uh, it is? Day one. Day one, night whatever. One. Oh, um, well, now I would want the opposite of NXT people coming onto the main roster. Right. So who knows what's going to happen tonight? We're going to preview it as though it's going to happen as they plan, but we don't really know what we're going to get. It may make for some interesting stuff. Right. Any other news from you? Um, Brian Danielson apparently wants to wrestle. Um, ROH world champ Jonathan Gresham. That would be amazing. That would be cool. It would be cool. It yeah. would be a lot of holds and counters, but in a good way. Yeah. Because I don't mind when each of them have a million, have a knowledge of a million different holds and counters. That's cool, right? But uh, yeah, that would be neat. Right. And Bert Danielson would be the big man in that, which is interesting. Yes. Although Gresham is ripped. I shouldn't say that. He's the taller man. He's not necessarily the bigger man. Yeah. Um, Nia Jax comments on the scripted nature, what, of Total Divas? Really? It's not just entirely reality? I'm shocked. I think this Nia Jax is just bitter. File I think this under bitter. shocking. Um, and she said Maybe she plans to, here's one of my least, as an old man, here's one of my least favorite common phrases, but plans to, quote, spill the tea, unquote, on Renee Paquette's podcast. Um, so she, Why would anyone want Nia Jax on their podcast? She fielded questions on Instagram. This is Nia Jax. And when she was asked how scripted Total Divas is, her simple reply was a percent. Do you care to guess what percent she said is scripted? 95%. Too low, but very close. 100%. 98%. Um, and then she just said she's looking forward to discussing things further with Renee Paquette. So that, like, it's what we've always known, right? But it would be nice if it's out there. Like, reality TV is not reality. Um, and Total Divas is probably one of the worst offenders where what it's about really. Survivor? Um, I mean, it's real in terms of they're reacting and stuff, but I think the situations and things are manipulated by the production team and whatever, right? They're sort of putting them in certain situations, right. I think. And I mean, I don't know if anybody behaves the way they would naturally, knowing that 
you're on camera, right? Like if I told you suddenly tomorrow, 24 hours of your day is going to be filmed and broadcasted, I bet you, you wouldn't behave naturally, right? When you were aware of the cameras there. Yeah. So I don't know how real any reality TV is. But anyways, um, any other news from you? Um, WWE has delayed their return to our neck of the woods, Canada, yep. until 2022. Yep, because there's uh, COVID concerns, crossing border concerns, all that good stuff, right? So Why don't um, we only just test people with symptoms? Then we're good. That's right. That's how we're doing it. And then the final thing from me, and we sort of talked about it before, the big thing going on right now is the big swole Tony Khan and others controversy. Where Big Swole, um, I think I have one more after. She had a whole bunch of, I, I think it came out on a podcast somewhere. But anyways, yeah, her issues with AEW, how her um, contract she decided not to renew, um, and that basically there's diversity issues. She doesn't see enough people of color in important positions. I think uh, Tony Khan kind of fired back by listing a whole bunch of people of color, including himself and another person of color on the board, and then listing a bunch of the talent of color. Uh, and then sort of taking a little bit of a shot at her and saying the reason she her contract wasn't renewed is because her in-ring work just didn't measure up to Which what she I wanted. I think that is very I, accurate. I do I as like well. She wasn't good in the ring and we were critical of her. But I don't think she's completely out of left field with her lack of diversity comments. And I don't think him then kind of personal attacking on... Bottom line, both people could keep this conversation private, right? Would be my one starting point is why does this have to become public consumption? So then Leo Rush basically took exception to Tony Khan's shot there, demanded an apology. Uh, he's tweeting stuff about being pissed off now. Um, then you had other people sort of coming to Tony Khan's defense in um, Powerhouse Hobbs, right? Jade Cargill, who is the guy from Dark? Sean Dean. Right, and he actually has a backstage role. So he's trying to say like, I am a man of color and I am in a position of power within the company sort of thing. So, but the bottom line, like I said, Swole saying her child, I can't remember if it's male or female, it doesn't matter, is saying things like, I don't see myself represented when I watch AEW, but I do when I watch WWE because they've got Roman Reigns, Big E, Lashley's in a prominent role, right? So um, I can kind of, like, I get what Khan's saying. I got rid of you because you're not good in ring, but I can see, like, it's, you can't really dismiss how Big Swole is feeling. And I think Leo Rush is sort of saying he feels the same way. And I think their issue is they don't want their point of view and opinion to just be dismissed like this, right? And that just rhyming off a bunch of people of color who, let's be honest, if you look at that list, they're not in a pos prominent positions right now. They're not champions. They're not number one contenders, right? They're maybe right. up and comers and whatever. But sh what I think she's saying is that in the top levels of the company and in the top tiers of the talent, you're not seeing an equitable distribution and maybe she's not wrong. It's at least something that could be acknowledged and looked at and not dismissed, I would suggest. So yeah, um, well, I'm sure more is going to come out of this. It's kind of early on in this controversy. So we'll see where it goes. Yep. Uh, what um, else did you have? Last one was I did see that Seth Rollins tested positive. Yes, um, he did. Which, I mean, I'm not sure how it is now because he it was reported on Boxing Day. Mm -hmm. I saw. So, um, so was he scheduled for a match tonight? He was the original challenger for Big E, and then they added Kevin Owens to that match, and then they had Bobby case. Lashley for the match. No, they added him of them a while ago. But like, it's been a four-way. Like are they still weeks. saying it's Rollins though tonight? I don't know. As of now, I don't know. Yeah, so I hold on. I'll, I'll I look. find it interesting which talent, because for a while it's like you're not allowed to say that you have COVID, right? But certain talents are maybe just they're big enough that they can say what they want, and what can WWE do about it? Because Seth um, Rollins is one of their big guys, right? So what are they going to do about it sort of thing? They got like a poster thing with people holding up number one. Seth Rollins is still 
one of the posters. Okay. So he's and that's from in theory he'll two be there. hours ago. Okay. So I don't. I, in theory, he's still advertised. Um, nice. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of really interested in the show just to see. I almost want it to be. Yeah, I'm interested in it for all the wrong reasons. Right, like a bit of a dumpster fire because it might be better if they just throw. Like, imagine they have to like. I don't know, I think he's scheduled for the opener, but if they have to put Ricochet in some sort of high-profile match Oh, Ricochet's now, on the kickoff. I know, that's what I just said. But I might imagine because of all people can't be there, it's suddenly like he's in a killer match with like Cedric Alexander. Like two guys that can go like crazy I was in the saying ring. the last time they did this uh, was TLC 2017, or like the one of the last times they had to make like last-minute substitutions yes. was that... Um, uh, so there, it didn't. It did turn out well with Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, and then the um, other case on that night we don't speak of. So I'm interested in the pay per view, but not for the reasons they want me to be. Right, mm-hmm. I guess. And I feel like it could be a one off pay per view concept. It honestly depends on what day New Year's is next year, because I feel like if it's on a weekend, they'll probably bring this back. It could be. But... It could have like if it gets enough people. I don't know out. why they did this. I don't know why they just didn't do New Year's Revolution again. It could be so like, better. it could feel like an indie show, right? Where it's basically like, whoever's here and available, <laughs> we're throwing them in without any story really or context. Just here's a, have a match sort of thing. Right. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I am tapped out for news. How about you? Me too. All right. So let's move into what our only really in-depth review will be this week because UK didn't really put out a regular show, but AEW Dynamite did. So let's get to our review of that. Um, and our opener for this week's show is the, um, they advertised like a couple days before a 10-man tag pitting Christian Cage, Jurassic Express, and Lucha Bros versus Hardy Party, which is Matt Hardy and Private Party, and FTR. Poor FTR, I feel, right? Having to team up with these jobbers, but anyways. <laughs> I mean, at least George Joel's not in the match, right? Yeah, I, can't, I don't even I forget that guy exists some of the time. I don't even know who he is. Like, He's I a guy. Know- I know he's in HFO, but I don't actually know who he is. I don't think we've seen him do anything, but... I think he was in, like, one really big tag match. I think you're right. maybe that's it. Yeah, I think so. Because I I know he's a dark regular, so, I mean, good for him. Yep. It's a start. Um, And this was another one of their pretty fun and frenzied multi-man tag matches uh, made for a good opener. Uh, Some of the notables from the match, there were some holes and counters between um, Christian Cage and Cash early on. Um, Jungle Boy hits a flurry to Dax and takes a shot, uh, who then takes a shot from each baby face and then Cage tags back in. Um, Cash hits a basement dropkick to knock Jungle Boy off of a snare trap attempt on Dax, which I thought was kind of cool. It was. Um, uh, Quinn does like the Hurricane Rana, which would normally set up Gin and Juice, but instead it was Matt Hardy with a side effect for two. And that, that was only a two count. I know that's really surprising. They always right? act like the side effect has won so many matches. It has, okay? Zero. Approximately zero. That, how dare you? I set the over-under at half a match. Half, yes. So the under is the bet, probably. I, I, they, I remember Roman Reigns when he was a babyface would always do that when he pinned him off a Superman punch. Right. I'm pretty sure he only won one match with a Superman punch. And right. I I know that because I remember because I don't think he's ever won with a Superman so punch. So the one time one. stuck out for you. Makes right, because <laughs> like... No one else wins with the Superman puncher than Orange Cassidy. Even right. then, I don't know if that's true. Anyways, um, <laughs> FTR kind of, they do like a double team decapitator Jungle Boy, but instead of the rope, it was under the bottom turnbuckle, nice which I touch, thought was kind of yep. cool. Um, a great flurry from Penta off of a hot tag, and then the, he kind of hits a tag flurry 
um, when he tags in Phoenix. Um, later on, we get another hot tag flurry from Luchasaurus. Uh, there's a spinny dive doohickey to the outside um, by Phoenix. And you've noticed he's party. he's toned down his kicks on the hot tags, right? Yeah. It's a lot of like corner clotheslines and stuff. Or Where no. are the kicks at, man? No, it's, it's like the big show thing under he just runs in the corner and just like it's like a backsplash. Right. That Like that. And there was, but I noticed, yeah, he's definitely toned down and stuff, which I, he didn't even do a moonsault. Because the crowd wants him for the hot tag, like they're chanting Luchasaurus, and then he's not quite, I mean, it's still cool, but he's not doing as much cool stuff as he used to, right. seems to me. Um, and the finish comes when Cage Blind tags Penta as he's gearing up for a finish, like, disrespectful. Right. And then um, FTR shove Cage, which sends Penta out of the ring, and they hit Cage with a smash contraption for the win, and that's what you get when you mess with my boy, You were right? so happy that Christian got hit I was very happy, because I was like... I know we call it smash contraption. What's the actual... Big rig. Oh, big rig. Right smash now. contraption's way better. I know. Let's be real. Because <laughs> right, instead of uh, shatter, shatter machine... machine. Oh, my, my, I totally forgot, right? My AEW smash version is smash contraption. Obviously, right? <laughs> I remember I was saying, like, oh, Christian Cage should get pinned. I hope Christian Cage gets pinned and you're like, no, it's probably gonna be like one of the private yeah, party guys or yep. or Matt Hardy, <laughs> and then and then they he so he tags up off a of penta. I'm like, you bastard, and then and then he <laughs> just gets wrecked, and I'm just like, ha, ah, sucks you to suck. You were very happy. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, I thought this was a fun opening match. It kind of felt like people were just sort of thrown together a little bit. Like I don't know why is FTR, FTR with a HFO. Am I missing something? Because Lucha Bros are here, I guess. I guess. Uh, I thought things really picked up when the Lucha Brothers got involved in the match. And then it stayed pretty interesting from there right to the end. The crowd really loved Luchasaurus hot tags, but again, I feel they're not quite as hot as they used to be. And they kept Matt Hardy's involvement, I thought, kind of minimal, which is pretty smart at this point in his career. I do like FTR picking up a win here. Because we talk about... They tend to lose a fair amount. I don't really think it hurts them that much, but I do like to see them win as well because they're awesome. Uh, So I thought this was like... Remember, it was, it's a flashback to, there were several weeks where Dynamite just always started with I crazy. I want to say it was either early this year or like yeah. sometime last year. So it felt like we were kind of back to that with a fun, a multi-man tag to start. I just don't know why these teams were together, but that's okay. I enjoyed the match. You? Yeah, the combinations were a little like, I mean, I guess like it was also Jurassic Express or the number one contenders. Yes. Um, To Lucha Bros, I guess. But um, I thought it was a solid open, another fairly strong multi-man tag from AEW. Um, even though it started out a little slower, I still thought the beginning was pretty good. And as always, it descended into madness towards the end. A couple hot take flurries from Penta and Luchasaurus kept it interesting as well. And I liked the finish being Christian Cage taking the fall as realistically. I thought the chances of that happening were very low, and so did you. You so, did celebrate so for that one. suck it. <laughs> <laughs> take that, I Christian. got what I wanted. Right. Um, and we don't really get much because we're moving in right into another match, which is a trios match pitting Daniel Garcia in 2.0 versus Eddie Kingston and Pound Powerful. I must say that's a nice little trio right there. It is. Awesome. Um, who are wearing face paint again, which, like, so the fa- don't, don't even bother keeping special anymore, guys. God. You are the face paint fan of the universe, and you're saying they're too often wearing face paint, which yeah, I thought was interesting. Yeah, because it was special, like, um, when the, w- that anniversary in, uh, Oh, I was that a full metal mayhem or was it uh Oh my god, you're paint? saying mayhem and you're not even noticing it. No, anymore. I'm saying it on purpose. But, oh you are? But yes. people don't know. Again, a, he's mocking Josh Matthews. It it is from it impact. Is always gonna be full metal mayhem, okay? So there's a I work with somebody who did I tell you this who I had to uh, correct? Maybe. I think so. Because she says mayhem and she didn't know it, so I yeah. had to correct her. No, I say it on purpose now because okay. it's just the best. But the funny thing is you're gonna say it for the rest of your life to people that don't know why you're saying it and think you just don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that'll be funny. Because <laughs> I remember, so they, because I think it was like a Street Fighter against the OGs, right? Or yes. OG Lex. Um, yes. Which, hey, their manager is actually Eddie Kingston. That's right. Um, but anyways, and there was I remember where they were in the parking lot brawl too, which and looked awesome. Maybe, maybe blood and guts. Like, but the point is, it was for special occasions, and now they're wearing it like it's nobody's business. Are you saying wrestling 2.0 on Dynamite isn't a special occasion? <laughs> Mid card right. tag team plus Daniel Garcia is not. A special oh, occasion. Daniel Garcia. Well, yeah, break out the face paint. Then. Right. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was a pretty well worked trios match, but it felt too short, in my opinion. And I think that shows in the notables. Um, <laughs> Are you but, saying not so many notables? No, just because it was short. Oh, okay. But yes, not many. Uh, I don't know if you can count to four, but that's how many. I, I used to be able to. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's mind slipping. It is a little. Uh, um, so Kings and Suplexes Matt Lee and then chases after Garcia right away. Like, I find he just briefly takes out right? Eddie um, Kingston's storytelling, like right? Ever so slightly. And then yeah. just goes after Garcia. Exactly. He's I thought that amazing. was really funny. Yep. Um, There's a nice combo by Proud and Powerful. Uh, 2.0 and Garcia are in control over T's for a while until a hot tag to Kingston after the break. Machine gun chops to Garcia, but Kingston then explores Suplex to Lee. And pretty soon, the finish comes when Matt Lee dares to get the knees up on Santana's moonsault off of Ortiz's he back. Did. He dares to do that. He gets the knees up, and then a fistful of tights roll up for the sudden win. Interesting, right? Yeah, and then they beat up Santana after the match, which, I mean, that was disrespectful. <laughs> and then they hit him with the ring bell. Which was not very nice either. And then it gets better. Just kidding. As Chris Jericho turns and chases them off with Floyd the baseball bat. And then argues with Eddie Kingston. Right. So they're teasing that Kingston and Jericho don't get along, I guess. I, I guess don't because Kingston didn't want the help. And Kingston's Eddie Kingston. He likes to do his things. Right. Um, I think Santana and Ortiz are tremendous. They deserve a title run at some point. And one of the things I noted was Eddie Kingston was entertaining me just even before he got in the ring, I think, and he's standing on the apron and he's just yelling across the ring at Daniel Garcia. Like, yeah. even that is entertaining to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think 2.0 are just great tag team mid-carders, right? Like, I, I've always loved them. I have no visions of them being, like, tag team champions or anything, but they serve a purpose, right? They, they serve actually seem to have role. more of a purpose here. They like, do. Whereas they're, they're, sure they do. they're still the same level of comedy, but I feel like they're a little, they have a little more legitimacy. A hundred percent agree. Uh, things seem to get a little confused near the finish, I thought. Uh, the outcome was somewhat surprising to me, but I hope they use the loss to unleash what I'm hoping is like we get like the vicious side of Santana and Ortiz because they were already talking about Cause Kingston, sort of... Kingston's already like that. Like right. you can just flip the switch with him. And they were already talking about kind of being tired of being overlooked and stuff, right? So I'm hoping this is further pushing them to just be monsters. Um, I think Garcia is good, but I keep waiting for the match that makes me believe the hype surrounding this kid, right? Like, yeah, people in the business seem to love him. People are fans of him, but I just haven't quite seen like, that. I think he's good, right? I do but, too, but yeah. I'm waiting for that whole like, oh, this guy's awesome, right? I'm, um, I think I, uh, I will keep waiting a bit, though, because I remember that. That always was the case with people. Kushida. Yes, I'm not mad about it. I just want that breakout performance from him at some point. I mean, point. I don't necessarily know how they could work into a story, but Parking Lot Brawl 2? Good. Oh, oh, wait, no, hold on. Best Friends versus Undisputed Era Parking Lot Brawl. Yep, Because it could it be you guys cheated to win, so let's go to a place where there is no cheating and we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Maybe, Our, I don't know. I feel like maybe it'll work better with Best Friends because Sue's Van, right? Right. And then on the Spirit Era in a parking lot brawl, that'd be pretty cool. 
So I thought this was a solid match. I thought it was a bit of an odd choice, maybe, to have a multi-man tag match follow another one, but I was entertained. I kind of had no reaction to Jericho coming out to make the save. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's Chris Jericho. I think I'm okay with Jericho being gone at this point. No offense to a good Canadian boy. Let's just say but... I was more interested to see Colin Delaney than wow. Chris Jericho. It feels maybe like they're plugging him into the spot that Moxley's supposed to occupy right now, right? Uh, I don't know, maybe not because he didn't. It was there's issues between Jericho and it was, Kingston. But here, that but... I feel like was the write off for the Fozzy tour. I think it was. Yeah, that could be true. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Uh, it might be just Eddie's next feud, I guess. Right? Like he's gonna fight Jericho, which doesn't interest me that much. But anyways. Yeah, poor Ed poor Edward Kingston. It's not super interesting to me at this point. Although all I need is Eddie Kingston to somehow cut a couple promos on whatever the next move is, and I'll probably buy in because he can convince me of anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought the match was pretty good. Again, could have gotten a bit more time, and weird to follow one multi man with another. But I still enjoyed it. Whoa, that one was a. 10-man tag? Okay, this was uh, a trios match. Multi-man, that's all I'm saying. It's multi. A trios. Yes. Trios. Which they did use that name, so I... They re I it's very nice. I feel like they're using it more often. Which I I'm Which I, I I'm interpreting, because that's what I want, is that they're bringing those They're not stupid. They could easily call them six-man tag matches. Although maybe they've, al maybe they've always called them trios, and I'm just they noticing it. They did sometimes, it, but, but they're definitely doing more. And they, they, I feel like Because they could easily just keep going with the six-man tag. I feel like, mm -hmm. like maybe it's like the CM Punk, where they're like hinting at it because they're going to deliver soon or something like that. That's what I'm hoping, too. So I think that'll be But that be could cool. be why I noticed trios, because I want it so badly. So I don't know. I'm hopeful. Could be picking up on something that's not there. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought this was pretty good for what it was, but definitely felt like it was cut off too soon. Um, I love some of the offense from Power and Powerful. They're just so great here. Sometimes, kind of like Lucha Bros, to be honest, I forget how great they are. Yes. Like just I, how they're much amazing. I truly enjoy them. Like, Lucha Bros is some... I They're probably my favorite tag team but right now, but like I just sometimes forget both of these teams. They're just great. And Santana and Ortiz have gotten themselves in ridiculous shape, so I'm wondering if they know they're about to be focused on. Mm-hmm um and i thought the finish was okay as it's actually kind of in line with 2.0 i think they 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 um showed us that they pulled the same shtick in um uh i think it was the 10-man tag at um on rampage yeah. it was it was them and the acclaimed versus the kingston santerantes i want to say lucha bros because they're the I like think, or jurassic express they're the sneaky overmatched heels right that do stuff like this to pick up wins because right. maybe they can't on ability. Exactly. So I like it. And Jericho's return did not really matter to me. Agree. It's too bad, man. That used to be my favorite guy in all of wrestling forever. And now I'm like, it's time to relax, dude. Huh. Especially so, since there's so many underused people in AEW, right? They're not hurting for people to get on TV. So I don't know. Right. Whatever. I mean, we were talking about, like, they're complaining about the lack of uh, people of color in prominence. Replace Jericho, man. Right. <laughs> like, replace Sting, goddammit. Yep. Um, next we get a promo from MJF who's backstage with the Pinnacle, uh, MJF, TR, and Wardlow. No, Spears is there, so I guess I have to call it the Pinnacle. Damn. Um, he says they are here to talk about safe working conditions and talking about being tossed over the ropes out of the ring by Sting, who has not been trained or whatever. Or, like, he trained himself. I don't know. It was something about how Sting's not good or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was something about he was just, like, a untrained goth. I don't I, I don't know. You're the one that took detailed notes on it. Um, he says uh, the people want to see him face off uh, with Punk. 
but um, Punk won't have it, and he ran away from MJF the whole match. Right. Which I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, nice interpretation. Um, he talks to Wardlow and says he should stop the powerbomb thing, focus on racking up wins to qualify for the face of the Revolution ladder match, which he knows Wardlow will win, which uh, Wardlow agrees with, and then he'll relinquish the TNT title shot to MJF. Right. And then a lawyer comes in conveniently. Um, Mr. Sterling, <laughs> right. actually. Which, I mean, that's not completely random because that's what they did with um, the Mox match last year, remember? Yes. So um, it is at least a bit of continuity. It seems to be Sterling's general character. Yep. M- just mostly working with uh, Cargill nowadays. Um, but Spears does bring Mark Sterling in to read Warlow's contract because basically says Warlow just has to relinquish anything to MJF and whatnot. Right. So he says he'll also rack up wins to become the AEW world champion. So then, um, not, he's, so he, he plans to be world champion, but because he's MJF, he wants Warlow to relinquish the TNT title shot to him. Right. Which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, because he is better than you and you know it. It's true. You better know it. Uh, and I like because he kind of made reference to like, his next contract signing is kind of looming, right? Um, and that basically this idea that a bidding war is going to ensue, which it probably will. So I like that because it feels realistic, right? And he's kind of saying, listen, I won't, may not always be here. When my contract's up, everybody's going to want me because I'm amazing, right? So I kind of like that. And they, they can keep using that as leverage and storylines for him going forward. Bringing in the lawyer to me felt a little bit convenient because it's like, you have to do this and Wardlow's going... Pfft. As if, and oh, here's the lawyer with the contract. I don't know. Um, I get yeah, what you're saying. MJF is very big brain. I guess. Um, I really liked how Wardlow just sat there looking at MJF saying nothing, right? So they're just sort of like, the slow burn continues because we're not getting... feels like Batista a bit. We're, yeah, we're not getting a reaction from Wardlow, really. Just kind of subtle stuff that I quite like the way he's playing it. So we'll see where this goes. I just feel like MJF has things on the go, right? Like he's got a lot of different stuff going on right now, but we'll see where it goes. I'm surprised they, like, it was weird. I we were thinking they would go to the rematch with Darby Allen and boom, CM Punk feud. Which, I mean, seems like they're moving on from that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I thought it was another solid promo from MJF. I thought the contract name was kind of interesting. Um, I like them already kind of talking about the Revolution Ladder match, which is, like, a couple or a few months away. I'd forgotten so about it So it's a bit already. of a long term, but I think even if it's just by mentions, I said it seems kind of planned in advance. It's almost like that's where things could come to a head with Wardlow and MJF, right? They're sort of setting that goalpost for us to get to, and we'll see. I mean, maybe not, but... Right, that was the one with the Sonic ring. <laughs> is that right? With yep. Scorpio Sky? Yep. That's, the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it is one. 100% a Sonic ring. Yeah, that's that's the okay. that's the match. Makes and, sense. Because that, that one is the Sonic ring, and then the, um, the casino ladder match is the giant poker, poker chip. chip. Right. And, yeah. And... Comically oversized <laughs> objects is their The poker chip I'm wheelhouse. okay with. <laughs> it makes sense. But... The Sonic ring is funny. <laughs> the Sonic ring is funny. Uh-huh. I think... Or like I don't know, um, because it's called the face of the revolution ladder match. So I'm I'm just trying to think like, what can you put a face? What, what can <laughs> just a random face? Yeah. What Why not just put, a like, contract? Like, it's com- for a it's for a title shot. That's too I simple, would, I guess. A comically a comically huge contract. Comically huge, yes. <laughs> yes. Or like I was thinking like um like a see through thing or like something like when the camera pans over you can see the person's face through the thing. <laughs> so then it's their face when they're holding it. Whoever climbs up and it takes a selfie of them first <laughs> wins. <laughs> Whoever grabs it has to take a selfie. Yes. Yes, or something like that. Or or I'm even thinking just like a giant mirror. And it's Tyler Breeze surprise entrance. <laughs> it's Tyler Breeze. With the selfie stick. Nice. Bringing it back. Nice. That'd be funny. 
Um, next, uh, we got a Lucha Bros interview, which is cut off by everyone's favorite dude who's here, um, Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that they cost him the match, which is factually incorrect. <laughs> Um, and challenged Luke Bros to defend against his guys. That is also factually incorrect. Drask Express next week. Um, Penta obviously translated through Alex Abrahantes says, uh, Cage is supposed to be a legend, but can he be good tag partners? Ooh. That is factual. Mm-hmm. Um, he says Jungle Boy is supposed to be the future, but he should let go of the past referring to Christian. That is also factual. Penta, I thought he made some good Penta points dropping too. the bomb. He, he was. Um, so. I like. I almost felt like is this a subtle turn by the Lucha Bros? Because Christian and Jurassic Express. I don't know. Christian seems a little aggressive too. To be true, fair. and I still feel like he's turning on Jungle Boy at some point. I think that's coming. It's just again they like to drag things out. I don't really care about that because Christian sucks. So I kind of like the tone here because Penta was sort of like a little edgier, I guess. Is I don't even to, mind that if like no if pun they're intended. Baby pages. Edge and Christian. Oh, roasted. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't even ma- mind, like, if he's just kind of going, like, a little anti-hero on yeah, us. Yeah, for I sure. I don't mind that. I just want a little bit of something out of the Lucha Bros, because they are amazing, and Heel Penta is where it's at. But Heel Penta I like- is goaded. I thought this segment was good, actually. I liked it. I remember there was the brief... We got the brief spell of Heel Penta. Remember when he first brought in Alex? Because yep. I remember he we did. was feuding with Cody. Did he win? He better have won. I think he won. I want to say he won. But I don't know if you want. And as we slowly work through our Lucha Underground, we're getting closer to Pentagon Dark, which you will enjoy. Which is... Just breaking people's arms every week. Yeah, why can't he do that again? It was awesome. He could probably do it really good. He could. I hope he rips Christian Cage's the, arm off. Like, the actually. problem is keeping him teamed with his brother because Phoenix cannot really, like, I don't believe him as a heel. Like, he, he can, but Penta then, like, when you just get him in the heel. ring, he's just... Right, the stuff he does, you want to cheer for it. Dude, these two could have a blood feud. I mean, they, they already could. had those two matches when Kingston was just trying to pit them against each other for fun. But we've already forgotten about it, so put them back together. Like, Phoenix babyface, Penta heel. I don't know. I'd be there for it again. But yeah, anyways. and I would keep Alex with um, Penta, because I think that's a great, that would be a great heel act, if yep. I'm being honest. Yeah, me too. Um, I think it works here, too, but I think that would be a great heel act. Um, I thought it was a solo segment as well. Penta was very nice. Um, I think this will be a great match for next week. Lucha Bros Jurassic Express. Yeah, I want to nice. see that for sure. Um, just hope Christian Cage, uh, is not there. He's gonna cost Jurassic Express the match, and that's the turn. Mm, I hope. I don't know. That would be WWE because nobody can lose clean, right? But I, AEW I hope might. Christian Cage is sick on Wednesday and nothing else. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, next we move to Wardlow versus a former WWE superstar, and I say super in every sense of the Board word. Borderline Hall of Famer? Yeah, no. up-and-coming Hall of Famer, uh, Colin Delaney, yes. which I thought was very funny. Yes. yes. I'd rather see him than Chris Jericho. Did you pick up on a term that commentary used a couple times that I don't like because it gave off major WWE vibes to me? What? Symphony of Power Bombs. Oh, They yeah. used it twice, and I'm they like... Did. I feel like that's something they're going to be ramming down our throats that I don't like. But anyways, it's fine. Um, how would I describe this match? Hmm. Powerbomb. Squash. Powerbomb. Powerbomb. I could say powerbomb too. That's, I don't think there's enough powerbombs. If there was more powerbombs, I could probably use that word, but I don't think I could. Um, notables. Let's see. Uh, it's, it's a pretty tricky one. There's a lot to choose from, if hmm. I'm being honest. So I, I did have a tough time. So please, everyone, if you don't like my choice for notable stuff in this match, please do not be disgruntled. 
Um, so there was a close oh, under I'm Wardlow. Gruntled. I'm and... the opposite. I'm gruntled. <laughs> <laughs> um, a close under Wardlow, and then a power bomb. That really surprised me. I was that's ambitious from him, you know. Yep. And then just because he likes to push the envelope, more power bombs by Wardlow, and then he picks up the win. I really thought Colin Delaney had this one. I thought your notable lie. was going to be like the third power bomb. But no, none of the other ones were notable. Just the... <laughs> right, like the third power the bomb. The third one had some extra stink on it, or, or something. Or when he set him up for the the, thir- the third power bomb. Because when he power bombs him and sort of rolls him through, he rolled right? Rolled him through. For... Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's the only. That's notable the notable one. one. Or the other just ones the clothesline. Plain. No, no, just his clothesline. Nothing else. Right. Clothesline, and then oh, he power bombed him for the win, right? So I don't know. Same thing they've been doing. We were complaining about it last week already, so they did it again. So I. I don't know how many weeks they can do the exact same thing before they advance this story somehow. I don't know if it's just because MJF's about to move into facing Wardlow, they're really building Wardlow as a monster. This doesn't really help. But there's other ways to do it, right? I think this needs to change sooner than later. I don't know. What about you? I mean, crazy thought. You could actually kind of showcase more of his offense. That's a possibility. Have him win decisively, but not just squashing jobbers every week, right? I don't know. Right. Um... Yeah, it, it was just Wardlow hitting power bombs again. Uh, nothing to see here, really. Uh, cool to see Colin, Colin Delaney, though. That was kind of funny. I guess so, yeah. Um, next week, get yeah, a backstage uh, segment between Undisputed Era and the Bucks. Yeah, I'm referring to them as Undisputed Era. Deal with the chumps. I did put UE in my notes as well. I That is exactly what I put. UE and Bucks. Um, so cool things that they will be the greatest group in AEW history. Yeah, just take the Bucks out of there. And then, yes. No offense to the Bucks, but they are not undisputed. Our tag team of the year. That's true, but they are not undisputed. Uh, well, they they're undisputed tag team of the year, but they're not this undisputed. Right. If you get what I'm saying. I do. Um, Young Buck said that Kyle has barely talked to them. Good for Kyle. Um, Kyle said uh, he needed to talk to Adam. Then the Bucks leave, and then Fish leaves. Yep. Um, Kyle says he knows that they have heat. They indeed do have heat. It's very hot. Acknowledging previous companies. I like um, it. But I really Subtly. like this. But the key to thriving and surviving in AEW is factions. It is. Which, that was awesome. Uh, Kyle said he knows Bobby Fish has his back, which that's true. Um, and he guesses he'll find out of Cole does too. And I really like this. Because they, they didn't ignore anything right. right they address tension between bucks and red dragon because they're right they probably feud at some point i don't really know and it's cool they aren't ignoring kyle o'reilly and cool stuff earlier in nxt like a lot of things this what o'reilly said just really made sense here i thought it was really cool like yeah you'll you're way more likely to survive yep. if you're in a faction and unsweet era is a phenomenal faction I hope they do coexist, but I'll also settle for just Red Dragon if I have to, which is actually Redragon. And they can coexist for a while and we'll enjoy it, and then they can splinter off into whatever direction and we'll enjoy it, right? They've got months of stuff they can do here. Um, I thought Kyle was as good as Kyle's going to get. He's not Adam Cole on the mic, uh, for sure. And I like you, like you're saying, I like that AEW acknowledges guys existed before they got there, right? WWE has trouble with that. It's basically like we're the only company that ever existed and we cannot acknowledge you or anywhere else. Or it's like you're a former world champion here. In fact, we need to repackage you and change your name and whatever, right? So um, I think they see it as like a weakness to acknowledge the existence of other companies. And AEW understands that like wrestling fans, even if 
Like we're the classic example. We don't watch main roster, but we're keep up on it, right? We know what's going on in other companies. So they work it into storylines, which is smart. Again, it's the difference between treating your audience, in my opinion, like intelligent human beings, right? Who watch other things and other companies. And who want the continuity. And then treating them like mindless idiots, which is basically what happens in WWE. So I thought this was cool as well. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. And um, we were saying like the way um, I spelled Red, Dra- Red Dragon was um, R- capital R-E and then capital D on the dragon. Yes. So it's Redragon. Redragon. The dragon has been Redragon. They were a dragon before and now they're Redragoning. Right, exactly. In the AEW. Right. They were been... a dragon, then not a dragon in WWE. Right. Now, now they're, they're Redragoning. Right, exactly. Exactly. So they're, they're Redragon. I don't know who Red Dragon is. No. This is Redragon. People just can't read. <laughs> exactly um next we get yay dan lambert and men of the year well and they just want to concentrate all of the good times in this one by adding somebody else that we love to see on on our tv as well but it's one of those things well they took all the stuff i hate and put it in one segment i guess that's the silver guess, lining right? right um lambert says his mma business is a full-time job yet here he is again <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like, uh, Yet I take time well, every week to come here. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Any thought it'd be cool to come? Um. It it was not cool. So, go away. Yeah. Um. And, but there's nothing cool about Cody's entourage. That's pretty fair, actually. He roast Arn Brandy, roast the neck tattoo. Gotta love it. Like he put the Transformers was, logo. He had some funny lines I'll, this week. I have to say. I don't like him whatsoever. But I'll take anyone who's roasting Brandy Rose and Cody's right. neck tattoo. Like I, you gotta. Love love it um he says cody never made it until he cut a deal to be tony khan's pet project and cut the line had a better talent and says even an idiot doesn't like what he's doing referring to him getting uh booed a lot right and then because this this was getting really boring right so so to save the day mm-hmm. um brandy comes out and makes a uh, paul Heyman crack and she is still getting booed too i mean hey who says they don't have diversity right she's in a prominent spot she is not at all for sure favored um Lambert is actually getting cheered and Brandy is getting booed. What the hell is happening? That's amazing. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta really because suck. You and, know like, that they thought this is a, the only way we can get the crowd on Brandy's side, right? Right. The and crowd on, like, hates the, her, on the on the Rhodes family side. But they right? hate Lambert so much that we'd have to find a way to shoehorn her into a segment, and she won't be the one get. Nope. Booed. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> they, they prefer Lambert over Brandy Rhodes, which I don't disagree with particularly. <laughs> All right. Um, Brandy asked when the last time he got beat by a woman without paying was, and she'll do it for free. Ha 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 ha. Um, Brandy says Lambert is a black belt and she is a black, uh, female dog, and uh, she gears up to fight Lambert, which is what we all want to see, right? The match. The <laughs> Take <dream>. my money. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's free. Right. The dream match I'll just is pay sick. anyways. I'll donate. <laughs> right. Um. The um. Uh. It, the dream match of the century, For Brandy sure. Rose versus Dan Lambert. Oh, so she's a heel, right? She's wearing heels, AW heels. Yeah, yes. I, I don't think that caught on real well because they haven't talked about that in ages, in months. For oh, sure. I, I was gonna say there's like that Cody Rocher where it's like babyface, heel, um, and then winner, and the winner has the it's the box checked off, but it's mm. with the Transformers logo, mm. Transformers logo, ha ha ha, on his neck. <laughs> yeah but so that's like a he's leaning into that. anyways <laughs> dustin rhodes comes out to play peacemaker because i don't this know this is beneath cody 
is basically what I took <laughs> away from this, right? Like, Cody's not going to be trifling with Dan Lambert, so right. you go do it. Yeah, I mean, he I, he probably would want to defend his wife, but Dan, this is Dan Lambert we're talking about, right? right? So he does not want to be out there. And Ethan Page takes a cheap shot to, like, his back or whatever and then leaves, like, hardly does anything. Right. So good for him, I guess. Yes. Um, Is that it? I can't even yeah. remember that's where it's... So, a few of the insults were funny. Some of them weren't. Um, I appreciate anyone insulting Cody's tattoo. The part I hated about this was the antics of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky beside Lambert. Like, at one point, Scorpio Sky drops to the ground and is rolling around in laughter. And then a couple seconds later, Ethan Page is, like, bowing to Dan Lambert when he's insulting Cody or whoever. So I, it just feels like they're... It's Dan Lambert is the star and they're like his lackeys. And that sucks because they're good. I don't like that presentation. Uh, And I just, again, it's how they thought they could get Brandy over with the crowd. And the crowd still was like, "Uh -uh, we're booing her, which I thought was funny. And again, the angle is beneath Cody. So Dustin comes out for whatever reason, right? I, I don't have any interest in this because I don't find either of the players here, that being Lambert and brandy to be likable in the slightest bit so i don't really care what happens to either of them i'm sure this is leading to dustin facing whoever maybe page or Lambert. sky or <laughs> but um brandy just kind of has go away heat for me I, I they both do so i was not a fan of this overall but i have to be honest i hated it less than a lot of lambert segments right i hate what it's doing to sky and page but this one was less bad than, than some <laughs> other ones he's done that's the nicest thing i could say what did you think um well all i can say is what the, uh, brandy Rhodes and dan lambert segment combined like they really know what i want like yeah, i like to say they they uh, they usually know what i want this was no exception give right? the fans what they want boys <laughs> right. give the people what they want uh it says something about how much people hate cody and his people if they're cheering lambert like honestly like i mean brandy rose sucks but but if they like if they were even liked cody a bit they would probably cheer her but they cheered lambert so that's just hilarious to me and i didn't like the promo but i'll always appreciate rose that brandy or cody's neck tattoos expense mm-hmm. that's just very nice topics to make fun of makes sense um but this is not needed even the slight in the slightest uh this will go nowhere but a cody victory which happened yesterday and this was just meh um, and next we get a Danielson Hangman video package. I didn't really take any extensive notes on this because I was just watching it. But it was just like commentary making talking heads about talking about the last uh, title match between these two and then how there's going to be the judges this time and they yeah. could go 60 minutes again, Yeah, which wouldn't surprise me. They, they were trying to like build interest in the judging aspect of it for a bit of this. Like, oh, who could the judges be? How are they going to decide to score? I don't care. Uh, this whole judge thing I think is stupid. I, I, I don't like it. Um, I get that they're trying to make it work, but it's not working for me. The rest of the package I thought was cool, like guys talking about the first match and stuff. But in terms of the judge thing, I still don't really get it unless they are planning on bringing in somebody exciting. But I don't, I don't, the judge thing, I'm just, I don't enjoy it. I don't want it. I don't think it makes sense for them to have it. But anyways, that's what they're going with. I don't think it's the best thing that they could have gone with, but I think it, I, I think it works. I think the commentary team did a great job with the talking heads, I thought, making the judge stipulation seem a little bit better, at least, like, going over some aspects of the last match as well, which I like. I think I always like these segments, and this one had a good match to work with, I guess. Yeah. Like, a good... But in theory, if this goes down to the judges, and they make a decision, we still don't know 
we have no definitive answer like how does it not make sense to go to a no time limit one fall to a finish or best two out of three like or an iron man the problem with boxing and i guess does mma go to judges i don't even know but the problem with boxing for sure is when they go to judges is it's always controversial and you never get a clear winner out of it so unless this is a way to get a third match out of this because somebody wins on a split decision but like i don't know i feel like there's so many other match options that make sense given the yeah. one hour time limit draw but anyways it bugs me right. more than it probably should um although the one thing with the no time limit thing is then like they say that they struggled to again half and i guess page would have won he would have won no... if it was three seconds longer or whatever, so i mean right? i guess yeah they could or i i don't know two or three falls would be interesting or i could see going iron man iron man right there you go a better better option for although me. then that one if that lasts an hour then that's like kind of i don't know yeah because I... like that one can go to a time Just limit. if it goes to judges, it's the opposite of definitive. And we're supposed to be wanting a definitive winner because we didn't get one. Judges deciding right. is not, like, that's still not <laughs> definitive to me. But right. anyways. Um, next, we come to Thunder Rosa uh, versus Jade Cargill in the the boring show tournament. Haha, <laughs> TBS. Um, the TBS change of tournament semifinals, the sloth tournament, let's say. Because it's been going on for months. And I assumed Cargill was going to win this, but I was curious to see how they were going to get there. Because that, it just makes sense with the way the brackets have gone, right? Right. That Cargill would win here. But it's like, how do you have Thunder Rosa lose? Because she's... Well, Anyways. that question was indeed answered. Yeah, we'll find out, I guess. Um, so I thought it was a fine TV match, but nothing super special. Um, notables, there's a back and forth on the outside towards the beginning. And Cargill takes control with the backbreaker. Um, she sends Rosa hard face first in the post. There was a dragon screw in the ropes by Rosa after repeated knees by Cargill, and she caught the last one to hit the dragon screw in that leg as a target of sure Rosa throughout the match. A big pump kick by Cargill at one point. Um, later on, some leg targeting the corner by Rosa when we come back from a commercial break. Figure four leg lock by Rosa applied. Um, and then the, towards the end of the match, Rosa gets hit with some foreign object while leaning against the ropes by a mystery person. And then the finish comes with uh, Cargill falling with jaded for the win right and then after the match rosa goes after cargill wow speedy recovery mm-hmm. considering she got hit with something and then also a finisher but then the mystery woman jumps rosa and oh my god it's mercedes martinez awesome love her that's a mm-hmm. nice addition and they continue to beat down until soho runs out with the most feared weapon of all time and that is a lead pipe oh right with <laughs> the comical like cartoon lead pipe right loved it um so the beginning of this one thing i noted i really liked jade cargill's um mannerisms and totally ignoring rosa's entrance like she was completely disinterested which i thought was cool uh match wise i mean rosa's focused attack on cargill's leg makes sense cargill is big and powerful right unfortunately i didn't think cargill's selling was super believable right we were talking about like, I have my notes say it was all or nothing because it was like she couldn't walk barely, and then all of a sudden she's fine to like pick this woman up on her back, sort of thing. Yeah, um, I kind of picked up on that once you mentioned it. So, it, I think it was a bit like what I complain about about NXT 2.0 is that the talented, experienced wrestler has to like slow things down and keep it simple for a much less experienced opponent. So, they found a way to have Cargill wrestle a longer match, right? By having Thunder Rosa target the leg pretty much throughout this whole thing. And it looked decent doing that, but it's not what Thunder Rosa is normally about, right? She's flying around the ring with speed and high flying. And obviously 
Um, she can't really do that with Jade Cargill. So I predicted the outcome of this match. I think I even said it would probably be an unclean win for Cargill. I'm thrilled to see Mercedes Martinez, but they better not be booking her as like a sidekick to Cargill because Mercedes Martinez is awesome. And like she could really be awesome because AEW will probably use her and let her actually wrestle. Um, so I think she's a great addition to the women's roster, AEW roster in general. And I think she deserves to be unleashed as just a killer because she still, man, that match she had with Rachel Ellering in that tournament with Impact Knockouts Knockdown or whatever was awesome. So I think Mercedes Martinez is great. They've, she if just she hasn't, does, she hasn't been used properly in any major promotion yet, I don't think. If she does um, stick around with them, it would be funny her going from Robert Stone to Mark Sterling. Right. I just I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, the match was okay, but if I'm being honest, wasn't super interesting. Uh, Rose Attorney Lego Smart and Jade mostly sold it, sold it well. Yeah. I would say. Um, the surprise debut of Mercedes Martinez is cool. I think she'll make a good addition to the division. The finals don't interest me a ton. Um, Soho versus Cargill. That being, um, Cargill isn't bad. But she's just not very experienced yet, and it shows a lot sometimes. I still assume Cargill's winning this tournament. Like I don't think she's bad like i think no. she's improved a lot but i still just she's not there they found a way to get a longer match out of her and that is put her in with someone good and have it be a limb targeting right like right. that's basically slow thunder rosa <laughs> down um right. and have it make sense to get a longer match which i think is smart right so the match was okay but it wasn't good i don't think yeah um next we get a reho baker video package which um is for the it's their matches at Battle of the Belts, which I don't know when that is. I yeah, I didn't even make any comment on this, really. I don't January think. January 8th, maybe? Oh, no, I did comment on it. Yeah, I, I don't know. know um, Baker says Riho stole a win and pissed her off. Excalibur says Riho has, ba- has Baker's number and Baker's mad. Uh, Shivani says Baker will use his anger to advantage. Um, and Baker says there's nothing more dangerous than her angry, and this is her division. Yeah, I thought Britt was great here. She makes me more interested in the match a little bit. And I like this idea that Riho has her number, right? It's a really simple and effective thing. Like, she keeps beating you, so that pisses Britt Baker off. And because Riho doesn't cut promos, I don't want to say can't, because I don't know, but she doesn't cut promos, Britt's left to do all the work here, right, to build this feud. And thankfully, she's probably capable of doing it on her mm, own. So yeah. I, I thought this was good. I mean, Riho's not my favorite at all. Um, In fact, I believe she'll be a nominee for Overrated for me. But they could pull a good match out of this. I thought Britt was good here. Yeah, um, I thought it was uh, solid, but it's too bad I don't really care about this much, nearly as much as Hangman versus Danson. I do not care about Riho whatsoever, and, and Britt's just obviously winning. I think so, yeah. Um, Next, we get a CM Punk promo first time in Daly's Place, which they... That's so funny like how they find that to be, like, I don't know, for Punk to come down and do, like, his partly pandering promos, right? His pandering style, like... They make try and make it an event like it's his first time in this location. Okay. Cool. To be fair, it's it's their main. It is. It's but their main. It's just kind of funny. It is. Yeah. Um. He says he comes out here and he means things so great is to see Jr. back and he's glad Jr. is back. Pandering. It was classy, I um, guess. Right. Yeah. It's nice to do. He says he's never been out here and has been home for AEW. He gets him thinking about Brody Lee. He says he watched the tribute show last year, made him want to come here. So then he waited many months. Yeah. This. I mean, and you that, know logic like i mean i that's nice and all but that that little the logic doesn't unless that's like unless he said that's a factor but like if like if you're saying that made him want to come here he waited a hell of a long time because it's not like he had a contract and i'm cynical of punk's motives a lot of times so i feel like and i don't have any reason to know this other than my own opinions but 
he feels like a guy who would overstate his relationship with Brody Lee to score points with the crowd, right? Like, I could see I Punk like being a guy like worked with him like a bit in that in his WWE time, but I don't think he did a lot because he knows how to manipulate people beautifully. So I feel like he could possibly overstate his relationship with the guy. I could see that for I'd... some clout. But anyways, unless I... he got to know him backstage a bunch, like I don't think they worked together a lot. Cause I know around the time that the wife and would debut on the main I know they worked Kane and. I think they worked a bit with Brian a lot, um, so that would make sense. And then they worked with the Shield. Yes. Like, and then Punk was, they worked with the Shield actually after Punk was on, cause, cause they debuted in like summer 2013, and Punk was gone in at the Royal Rumble in 2014. Yeah. So there's not much of a gap, and I don't know if he w- how much he would have worked with them, cause I remember Brian had a handicap match against the Wyatt family at TLC. Right. Then, but Punk was then working the Shield. I don't know. I'm just saying. My like, general feeling on Punk is just that he is a very, very intelligent, but at his core, kind of a selfish jerk. Mm. <laughs> and that comes through in all my opinions of him generally. Mm. Um, he says when he... Uh, he AKA then, CM Pink in my notes, I see right here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he says he then thinks about someone who doesn't deserve his time and doesn't want to be here. And he means MJF, and he's an internet troll in real life as he talks trash and then hides behind stuff to instead the pinnacle instead of mm-hmm. computer um he says he understands if mjf is afraid and but he is looking towards bigger and better things he says he heard mjf talk about gold too and becoming ew champion he says if you don't want to be champion you probably shouldn't be here and he wants to be champion too well no duh no kidding um he says there's bigger and brighter things for him highly doubt it um and mjf is a waste of his time he says mjf found out the hard way that no one can touch him which MJF is far superior on the mic. Mm-hmm. And he, if MJF is looking to rack up wins, maybe you'll see him down the line, and it would be a shame if someone interfered in MJF's quest for gold. So the first half of this was pandering punk, which I don't enjoy. The second half was better because he started to focus on MJF, but it's still like nice guy CM Punk, right? Which I find less interesting than pissed off, motivated punk. Solid segment still, but... So basically MJF said he's done with CM Punk, and CM Punk's basically like okay with that. A week after literally chasing the man through the stands repeatedly, right? right. So I guess it's like he knows MJF is a coward, so he's gonna give up. Are they pausing this feud so MJF can rack up win? Like I, don't, I was a little bit confused coming out of this because he sure wanted his hands on MJF last week, and now he's just like, okay, you're done with me, cool. So I, <laughs> I was, nice. I came away a little bit confused, which I don't think is a good thing from a promo segment, but yeah, I thought it, the second half was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a fine promo from Punk. Started with usual pandering. I don't think he is going to get to the title anytime soon or at all. So I'm not sure what he'll be doing unless they work away from the face MJF, which I'm fine with. But I think MJF should rack him wins and actually beat Punk as well. Yeah. Uh, next we get a Team Taz thing. Starks welcomes JR back, so Taz has more time to manage Hook. Uh, he talks to Dante and says, when he screws the Starks, he screws the Team Taz. Um, he says he also screwed up any chance of winning anything. Um, and then Hobbs, after Starks talks about him facing Hobbs again, uh, Dante Martin, that being Hobbs asks if Dante really wants to go round two with him after their first encounter, which we he mentioned, won. I think, in mm-hmm. the in the year end thing. Yep. Um, I thought these guys sounded cool here. I actually liked it, and I thought they complemented each other well. So I think. Get rid of the stupid FTW belt that is completely pointless and meaningless. Put these guys as a tag team. Starks could be the smaller, 
mouthy guy that talks his way into trouble, right? And then Hobbs is like the more silent powerhouse there. I think they'd be a really cool tag team. Yeah, that may, that would make me miss Cage because I think Starks and Cage would just be. Yes, but Cage is disappeared somewhere, right? So, um, but they're victims of this bloated roster, right? And and they're in a faction that has done very little other than produce Hook, who's phenomenal. But the rest is kind of sure. Team Taz, you're still not on board with Hook, eh? You'll I see. Know, he just doesn't seem that interesting. I I, I haven't seen him in a match. He so. is cool. He's very cool. Um, short promo, it was fine. But Team Taz is essentially a joke. They need to put Hook, put Hook on Dynamite so I can see what all the fuss is about. Because I doubt I'll be getting around to Rampage much. And get Layla Hirsch in your group. Because she's maybe going heel. So she'd be awesome in Team Taz. Although that just might derail her. But she's kind of at that level, right? She's not poised to be anything big right now. I think it would help her profile. And eventually she could get out of it and do any. But anyways, I think I like this. And I think Starks and Hobbs should be a tag team. Nice. Um, next, we get a quick promo from Hikaru Shida. She says she will te- te- teach Deeb a lesson. Um, Deeb hit the hit the buckle because she ripped off the pad and she should stop whining. Um, she accepts the challenge and she says, bring it. She'll beat Deeb down again. Yep. And the only thing before this was Sammy Guevara brought his signs out through a commercial break, right? But yep. I don't even remember. Oh, I saw said. Um, he posted and it was like a New Year's thing. Um, him and Conti are definitely together. Yeah, I saw they kissed and it, the internet exploded. <gasps> because yeah, it's like, anybody's oh business but theirs you know right. um yeah i like this uh sheeta talking about deeb she made a few solid points about deeb removing the turnbuckle cover right um and she showed some good intensity here she came across as like a strong fighting baby face in a really brief promo so i thought it was good mm-hmm. um yeah i thought um it was pretty good um i like the more serious tone from her i hope the next match is back to the good quality that these two have produced right um yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment, the third one. Yeah. And next we get a in-ring interview with with Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. Yes. Um, he says his brother walked in the House of Black last week, um, which was Griff Garrison, not his actual brother. I don't even know if he has an actual brother. I don't he know. called him his partner or whatever, then he upgraded to his brother. Yeah. Right. Um, he says he remembers hearing the bell over and over as Black tried to end Griff's career with the, that very deep half crab and his memory gets fuzzy because he ended up lying on the ground <laughs> yes he did because you got your face kicked off fella. yes i'm surprised he doesn't look like james ellsworth should have gotten his chin kicked he off should have like a shoe print across his face <laughs> still. i think he should just be missing a chin <laughs> um he says his career started here and now it's his turn to come down to the house of black and he learned from his father that you only get one life and black won't take his Black didn't take griffs either He's despite sadly saying i never really knew my dad that sucks yeah um he says uh or sorry never mind the lights go out and black appears on the ramp just to point at pillman um newsflash brian pillman is not a wrestlemania sign no um and then the lights go out Too again <laughs> and, and then when they turned on you can just see black walking through the other end of the tunnel right. which I thought was really funny uh, i thought there was some good emotion from pillman as soon as he brought up his dad you could see things got a little bit more real for him and there was some real emotion coming which through I, there. I like that integrated yeah me too I thought this was a solid promo from a guy who's improved a lot in that area for sure. Um, I just think that the match he would have with Alistair Black should be about as long as this promo, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't mind him getting a bit of offense because he's solid. I think it was a solid uh, promo in what I assume will be his last words. I feel like we'll, we'll uh, see Brody King next week, so I feel like that's a good moment yes, for please. the first TBS Dynamite. Yep. I'm just thinking like that, that kind of works out um, pretty nicely. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if the new Brian Pillman Jr. line actually means anything. So he said, you'll see a new Brian Pillman Jr. Um, but I guess we'll see. Maybe he'll be in the House of Black. Ooh. 
just kidding. That would be lame. Don't do that. <laughs> um, next we get um like kind of a dual promo thing for a rampage match. So it's basically like one promo followed right by another. Yes. Um, so it's Anthony Bowens and then Darby Allen. Um, so Caster does a rap, which I can't catch because it's Max Caster. Like he just yeah can't. I he's too fast. Maxwell Caster. Um, he sa- and so Bowens and says on Rampage he'll be Darby's My Chemical Romance looking ass <laughs> all funny. over the ring and ringing the New Year with a win and then so um then we cut to the Darby Allen promo which of course Sting has to start he says they're like talking about main events and whatnot and when he started he treated every match like a main event because he's old school that's right because he's sixty two or something he is um Darby says. He has no ego, and he doesn't care about being the main event or the opener because it does not matter to him, and he says he is ready. And I thought though they were both just fine promos, nothing yep. really special. Acclaimed good confidence from both of them. I thought it was good, and the Sting Darby reply was fine. Like, Darby Allen's strength isn't talking. He's, he's good enough, and they kept it short, so I, mm-hmm. I had no issues with this. Um, next, we get a, a package thing for TJ. TJ, TJ, TJ is the name. Okay, it's TJ. No one can say that's not. Um, and then Bunny and Penelope Ford, which are probably my favorite tag team. They, oh my god! They they I forgot to give them an honorable mention for best tag team. Oh, I should put them in worst tag team. They get so much time for some. I don't understand. Overrated? No, because I don't think people like them that much. And Penelope isn't as bad Penelope. as isn't as bad as Bunny. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, this will be something for her to do until she can manage Kip Sabian, I guess, right? Sure. Um, Anna J says they both beat uh, Bunny and Ford multiple times clean, and all they did was cheat. Ford says this isn't Karate Kids, boom roasted, and they are the most psychotic around, and who knows what toys they will bring on Rampage. Ooh. And that reminds me, because there's a Karate Kid reboot from, like, 2011. Yeah. With, like, um, I think it has Jackie Chan, and then, like, um, some kid who's, yeah, some kid. Sure. Um, who's like black, I think. Isn't it Will Smith's kid? That would make sense. Yeah. Um, anyways, and like he gets Jackie Chan or whatever to teach him kung fu. Yeah. And he looks like a toddler, so instead of the karate kid, I think it's the kung fu toddler. Could be. Anyways, that is very off topic, but I feel like I just wanted to mention that. Um, they, I I would like to mention they yeah. did wear street gear yesterday in the match, so nice. I will appreciate that. And there was blood. Um Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I probably will watch it. Bunny and Ford talking about being the baddest bitches around. I thought whoa, was like, whoa, 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 most psychotic bitches. I thought okay? that was like unintentional comedy. <laughs> just like okay. Um. And anyways, I just my ever pressing question is how with so many underused women in this company, how do Penelope Ford and Bunny get on TV every time. single week? I don't know. It's a modern day miracle. They have like dirt on Tony Khan or something. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways. They're just blackmailing Tony Khan uh, or something. I'm interested to see the match. Maybe not for the right reasons completely, but I probably will check I it out. I saw that Conti did like a gotch powder. Like she was really bloody. I think Bunny cool. got really bloody. I'm in. Um, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. I just don't care at all. I could not care less. It's I tough really to care. I really don't care. Yep. Um, there's just no... I really don't see it's weird. I don't want women's tag titles. I would like to make that clear. I do not want AEW women's tag titles. No. But then there's also no purpose for these teams. It's getting a bunch of inexperienced talent, some experience in a different type of match, I guess, is the idea. I think it here. could prove good for Conti. 
not that bunny doesn't she's been wrestling forever and she's still just not good and that's just how it is but the other three don't i don't think have a ton of experience i think uh could be good for conti to get uh in this kind of match yep and next we come to our main event yeah undisputed era versus best friends undisputed era okay undisputed era Mm -hmm. i have Um, red dragon and adam cole but i see what you're saying how dare you sir it is undisputed era all right um, or Undisputed Elite, but until that name is confirmed, it's Undisputed Era. Okay. Um, Red Dragon did use Bobby Fish's theme, which is um, Dance Away by Dan Valentine's, which I don't know who they are, but I, I think it's a solid theme for Sounds good, them. yeah. Yeah, I like it. And they, but then AEW just pieced together a new Red Dragon, Redragontron, um, which I, I thought was pretty nice. Actually, I did, they did put on YouTube, so I was looking at that before we were recording. I thought it was pretty nice. Nice. I still like the theme, so I think it works. Um, and then they're cut off by Cole's theme, which is infinitely better. Cause cut off quickly. Nice. Like, they didn't get much of Red Dragon They got to, theme, or fish got to do his cool pose thing, Jiggy. He did, definitely. Um, and Trent is back to Trent Beretta. So he is. I get to call him Trent Beretta now. You do. I probably won't And not lot, Trent? But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have actually, yeah, I guess I've been mispronouncing his name the whole time. Trent? So I, I've always been calling him Trent, uh, and it's actually you. Trent. Do you even know how punctuation works, bro? <laughs> Uh, no, I do not, I guess. Um, and this was an entertaining and quite action-packed trio's main it event. It was. Uh, many, um, notables, as I say. Um, nice exchange between Trent, just kidding, not anymore, uh, Trent Beretta and Kyle O'Reilly. Actually, I'm gonna purposely just call him Trent Beretta every time I mention him now. Like, just, at least today. Trenton. Trenton? Trenton Beretta. Trenton Beretta? Trent is short for Trenton. You know how you like to make up oh. full names for everybody? Oh, right. <laughs> Trenton yes. Beretta. Trenton Beretta. Um, do you think Bobby is short for Robert, Robert. or Boberto? Robert. Not Boberto? No, probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, Kyle Riley distracts the ref, and Cole hits a, a cheap shot to allow Fish to take control. Kyle Riley hits a dragon screw in the ropes to chuck Taylor, and then Fish like kicks out his legs to face plant him on the apron. A random super kick to take out Cassie by... Uh, I wrote Kyle O'Reilly, but I think I meant Adam Cole. Right. Because he just ran the super kicks him to send him off. Flurry by Trent Beretta, capped off by a tornado DT to Kyle O'Reilly for two, where he like kind of like he's face hit. So Trent Beretta is facing the corner, and then he does like the big swing around instead yes. of just starting from the it turnbuckles. Cool. Yeah, it's one of Trent he's Beretta's. He's good, man. Yeah, it's one of my favorite moves from Trent Beretta and the spear. I feel like does he do a spine buster or was it a spear? I don't. I know. I, think it's I a know spear. he does a spear, but I can't remember if he does a spine buster. Anyways. Um, awesome double team combo offense by Redragon for two, which I believe was to Trent Beretta. Um, hot tag flurry by um Ca- Cassidy, but Redragon catch him with the butterfly DDT wheelbarrow suplex combo for two. Ao two K move. Mm-hmm. Um, super, Looks good. Uh, super kick followed by total elimination for you for um undisputed. I almost said UE. I hate myself. Um, for two, but Chuck breaks the pin, which total elimination is just the high low, which um imbeciles call it. Um, two pile drivers, um, followed by a beach break by best friends, otherwise known as Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta, uh, mm-hmm. for two, but Redragon break the pin. Um, Kyle Riley accidentally boots Adam Cole off the apron. Mm-hmm. Then we get, um, the, the lovely combo by the best friends of eat defeat slash the end of the half and half suplex. Looks great every Love time. Love that. Me too. Um, so Fish gets nailed with that, and despite not being legal, just, they hit it for fun. Um, Cutler, the, the... Uh, the stewed cutler or I, what do they call them like the um i don't know something stooge yeah, they something always call stooge. them the something stooge 
Um, he distracts the ref, and the Bucks hit the fast run to super kicks of Bucks, coming with the save, and re-dragon hit, chasing the dragon for the win, which is a, just a roundhouse kick brain buster. But yeah, but it was a like suplex it. this time. I, I want the hey, brain buster. I mean, I mean, remember the one paradigm shift? If that's a paradigm shift, then this is a brain buster. I okay? guess, but like a vertical <laughs> suplex is much different from a brain buster to me, so true. they need to get it the sheer drop brain buster sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent main event, I thought. Red Dragon are just so crisp and Red efficient Dragon. and impactful, and they still work so well with Cole. I thought Trent Beretta looked great here, too. Ha, yes, good. And sometimes I just need to be reminded of how good Chuck Taylor is because he's awesome, he's right? He just kind of looks very generic, but he's excellent in the ring. I've, I've, I've kind of forgotten how much I miss best friends. Like when yeah. I say, when I refer to best friends, I usually mean the Me original tag team of I always do Trent Beretta and Chuck. I do too, right? They they were awesome. Best friends again, just those two and Red Dragon. Just they have so many cool tandem moves. They just that wrestled would be together a really forever. nice. Thank you. Oh yes, I would. Okay. My next would, note is I would be fine to see that be Red Dragon's first program. Yeah, because um, they can win obviously there and too. Parking lot brawl. I would either take another tag parking lot brawl. We get uh, best friends versus Red Dragon, or it's best friends in Cassidy versus. Undisputed Era in a six-man parking mm-hmm. lot brawl. That would all be equally cool. Overall, really fun match. Great way to end the show. I thought this was an excellent main event. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Um, I thought it was a great main event. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Really awesome to see Undisputed Era back together, even though they only broke up in like February, but specifics don't matter. Even seeing Trent Beretta and uh, Chuck team again was very nice. I'm Trent Beretta's Instagram is Trenty Locks, and now he doesn't even have his locks. No, not so at all. That's not. He looks like Mini Miro to me. I still think he looks like uh, Thomas Latimer or a little Bram. bit. Yep. Um, I thought the finish was solid too. The tension between Cole and Kyle Wright is interesting. Something for me to look forward to next week. Um, but overall, a good main event. Um, yeah. Really enjoyable. And what were your thoughts overall? Overall, I like this show. My nitpick would be like just a glut of multi-person matches on this episode, right? I don't. I don't, I'm. I'm good with just that. interesting. That good. Doesn't bother me. Uh, so the main event was the highlight in ring for me. The women's match was probably the low point, but I thought it was still okay, right? I don't really count the Wardlow squash as anything. Um, we got Lambert and Brandy in one segment together, which I'm not a That's fan just of. Brutal. I actually didn't hate it, though, compared to some Lambert segments. And then I thought all the other segments and promos were at least fine. So I enjoyed this show overall, not quite as much as the past couple weeks, so I bumped it down a tiny bit and gave this week's episode a very solid, though, B+. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I would think... Um, I think it was really good too. I think um pretty much the same as you. Um, I think it was another pretty enjoyable show. Um, the in ring action was generally good. The opener multi man tag match was another pretty fun big multi man tag match from them. They seemed to generally get those yep. right. They gave me an opener in a main event, right? So they right. got me. Um, the even like that other trios match kind of right after the opener, I think was pretty good too, but a little too short. So yes. I think had it been given more, I think I would have enjoyed it much more. Like you said, the Wardlow squash was the same as the last however many and just nothing really. Even if they changed the order for me and and put the women's right after the opener and separated those two multi-man matches, right? Would that, have helped that would me a little hurt, bit. Yeah. Um, the women's match was fine, but nothing super interesting. Not a very surprising result either, but the debut of Mercedes Martinez is at least an yes, appealing one. Yes, good point. And the main event was as good as I could have hoped for and a nice finish as well. Um, at least some anticipation for next week, as I was saying. Um, as far as the segments go, there was another good MJF promo, um, a solid segment involving Yui and the Bucks just to um, yep. build to the main event a, a bit. 
A uh, couple of nice video packages, but the best one being that Hayami and Dana someone, I think. And the Brian Pillman promo was solid, too. The only segment I really didn't love was the Dan Lambert promo, which got worse with the involvement of Brandy Rose, <laughs> of all people. Um, but as a show that had a lot of pretty good in-ring action, a couple of nice segments, little crap. Um, I agree, not quite as good as the previous weeks, but I'm going to also give it a B plus. Nice. Good show again. Yep. All right, so let's move into talking about some trivia in our next segment, which we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so for this week, I've got 20-ish, I think just over questions on general WWE trivia from funtrivia.com. Yeah, I was just watching a local trivia where I don't know if you know what the chase is or whatever. Uh, I think some sort of game show. Sure. Um, they did a wrestling version. Yeah. And so that was also a trivia thing that I did. Nice. Yeah. So I don't think I told you the one of the guys on your brother's basketball team, his little brother is a huge wrestling fan now. He was sitting there doing trivia with um marco senior who's a wrestling fan right so i was telling him about the podcast i don't know if he'll check it out or not but he wants to call in and do trivia was what he was saying Um, but anyways all right so you ready for this 20 ish questions about wwe stuff in general what did mankind use to help pin the rock for the wwf title on halftime heat in 1999 oh my god of course you know that so yes um he so he lowered the forklift onto the rock, right? Yeah. And then lay on top of the forklift, and that counted as a pin. I guess he does have to be <laughs> on it, right? Yeah. Um, who did Big John Studd defeat to win the 1989 Royal Rumble? Duggan? No. The mm. last person he threw over the ropes. Um... A heel that I really liked, who had a son who was in WWF for a little bit. Uh, Bob Orton. Nope. He's been in it for forever. His son's no longer there. Oh. Uh, Mr. Perfect? Close. Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase? Yes. That's what you used to say when you were little. Because I think you had only seen his name and not heard it said. I also didn't understand. I didn't know Benoit. Right. A Benoit? (laughs) Good luck on knowing this one, but maybe. What famous talk show did Deborah appear on with her former husband, Steve McMichael? Mongo McMichael. Think of a female TV host that. Pro- Mongo. Oh, um, Nancy Glass. No, <laughs> you're going back too far. Um, she now Oprah. has her own network. Yes, Oprah is correct. So who is Oprah Deborah married to network. now? Steve Austin. Correct. Uh, what musical. Oh, you won't know. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't even ask that one. What musical artist did Fabulous Moolah and Mae Young appear with to present an award at the 1999 American Music Awards? I don't know. Lou Bega. I don't even know who Lou Bega is. I think he might have been the Mambo number 5 guy. Who the hell is Lou Bega? (laughs) Anyways, this one you should know. Who did Randy Savage defeat on February 8th, 1986 at the Boston Garden for the Intercontinental Championship? He's six. Mm-hmm. For the NXT title. Oh, mm, I don't know. Uh, is there options? There are not Damn. options. Um, so what hint can I give you? He was part of a tag team I really liked when I was young. Tio Santana? Correct. Wow, that hint helped you, eh? Because yeah. what tag team did I like? Wait, was it Strike Force or Can Am? I like Strike Force. Mm. Actually, both, but Strike Force is the one I remember. That better. was Martell, right? Yep. That one was Martell. Who yeah. won the 20 man battle royal at WrestleMania 4? 
20, so the Battle Royal WrestleMania 4. Mm-hmm. Andre? No. Uh, oh, Benny's Brown? Correct. Yes. Yeah, that one. Um, and he won. So what did it say here? He received a seven-foot trophy after winning by turning on his one-time friend, Bret Hart. Yeah. Oh, right. And then after the match, Hart pulverized him with the trophy. Classic, right? Pulverized him. (laughs) Who was Rikishi Fatu before he was Rikishi Fatu? What? What character was he? Sultan? Yes. Very good. Wait, no. He was... Oh, before he was Rikishi. Yeah. Okay, why Rikishi what, Fatu? It's a weird way to say, like, what character was he before Rikishi? Okay, I was, but you got it. Because you said Fatu, so I was like, what? He was Fatu before he was the Sultan, but then, I don't know, it was just confusing. What were Shamrock and um, Steve Blackman surrounded by in their famous Iron Circle match from 1999, fully loaded? Shamrock and... Blackman. So they were surrounded by what in that match? An MMA cage? Nope. Uh... They called it the Iron Circle, right? So, you don't, you haven't seen this one? Metal? You don't, haven't seen this match? No. They fought, and it was like a circle of cars. Oh. Interesting. What TV show, you won't know this either, did Stone Cold Steve Austin make several appearances on? I actually used to watch this show. I think with my dad. Nash Bridges, you wouldn't know it. What appeared when Mae Young was supposedly having a baby? A hand. (laughs) And their comments, because they put little added information after all these. She gave birth to a rubber hand on national television and made a fool of herself and disgusted everyone else. <laughs> what famous baseball player has been getting tombstone pile-driven by Kane Pete at Rose. WrestleMania? Correct. Like Charlie no. Hustle. What? That was his nickname, because oh. he was hustled constantly. He also received a stink face by Rikishi. Oh, good for him. What NFL star, because I know you know football, defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event of WrestleMania? Correct. And actually, it was a pretty good match for a non-wrestling guy. A football guy to get Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event spot, though. Right. What pair of brothers fought against each other at WrestleMania 10? Oh, the hearts. Correct. I don't know why I gapped for a second. Yes. Uh, There weren't many other brothers at that point, right? Like a little bit later, there's a bunch. Or... Or brothers, quote-unquote, like Kane and Undertaker. <laughs> um, in 1982, who did the governor, the now governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura, lose a match to for the WWF title? Jesse Ventura? Yeah. He lost for the WWE title? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I guess he, he, didn't. he didn't have it. He oh. lost, to, like, he was challenging for it and lost. So who did he, who had it that he lost to? 82, who would be a champ back then? Hogan. Nope. Backland? Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. I would never have gotten that one. You could have given me 50 guesses. What does Austin... Oh, no, that's not even right. So I skipped that one because I just looked... I fact-checked it. And what it was, was it? So here's what they said, right? And I fact-checked okay. this and it was wrong. What does Austin 316 refer to other than making fun of Jake the Snake? John 316, right? So, no, I couldn't find this. But they're saying the celebration of Austin in WWE is March 16th. Oh. That that can't be right. No, I looked it up. I saw nothing. No, it was because he mentioned John three sixteen in the promo. Right, he was. It was totally mocking um, Jake the Snake. But anyways, who held the WWF title for a total of two minutes and seven seconds? Yokozuna. Correct. Hmm. Um, and then so how did that go down? Do you know who did Um, he beat? He beat Bret Harvey. Correct. Salt from Mr. Fuji. Right. Then Hogan 
made a challenge in defense of Bret Hart think, or something like that. Yep. So I think Fuji challenged Hogan. Or yeah, or like he came down to protest or whatever, and then Fuji challenged Hogan because he's an idiot, and then Hogan beat won. him. Obviously, Hogan won is the most redundant thing. Hogan won everything forever, basically. <laughs> forever. Um, what WWF superstar made his WrestleMania debut on the same day as his birthday? Yeah, Gonzalez. No, a big guy though. Uh, Mabel. No. Bam Bam Bigelow. A more famous, better big guy. Andre the Giant. No. Big John Studd. No. He Hold has on. a brother in the Federation. Oh, Kane. Other one. Undertaker. Correct. Nailed it first try. <laughs> what WWE? I know you know this one. Uh, what WWE superstar holds the record for the longest title reign in professional wrestling history? Travis Miller. Correct. And how long did she hold it for? Like twenty-eight years. Twenty-eight. A little less. Then 28 years. They like they um included her NWA reign and then it lasted for a while in WWE, I guess, I think it was. Yep. From nineteen fifty-six to nineteen eighty-four. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Who was the first WWF champion? Buddy Rogers. Correct. Original Nature Boy. Do you know how he won? What no, that wasn't the fictional tournament. Tournament Rio tournament. de Janeiro, right? Oh, it was. Yeah. No, but that one was real, right? Yes, I believe I, so. The IC title was in Rio de Janeiro too, right? Or yes. that was Brazil. I think yeah, that's I don't know. That one was fictional though, that so is it does Brazil. not matter. Uh what you're not gonna know this one. What school do both Shane and Stephanie McMahon hold degrees from? Maybe you know, but I doubt it. School of Nepotism. Bo- <laughs> nice. Boston University. Nice. What famous WWF tag team taught themselves how to wrestle in their own backyard? Hardys. Correct. Uh, Who did Rockabilly and the real Double J become after these characters? <laughs> Who were they next? Rockabilly. That's awesome. <laughs> and the real Double J. Not Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> right, the real, the one. real Double J. Who did uh, they become New next? Age Outlaws or Mr. Ass and Road Dog. Correct. Um, King Ass. The one Billy Gun. What happened on Kane in Kane's life on the same day as his first ever Inferno match on April twenty sixth? Got burned. No, there's something like something in his life that happened to be on the same day. His parents died. No, it's his birth. Got his burned. birthday. Yay! Who is the tallest WWF superstar ever? Giant Gonzalez. I think so too. They're saying it's Big Show. I don't think so. I think it's either Giant Gonzalez or I don't think they're counting Omos. Last one. <laughs> what happened? What did Kat do after she won the women's title at Armageddon in 1999? Let's see. It's 1999. <laughs> so you know. So why don't we take a wild guess and say she, um, yeah, she took her top off. She did, in fact, after, so they're, they're phrasing here, after winning the match, as she promised, she removed her bra and showed her puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, sure that's exactly what Lawler said. Too. Yeah, oh, 100%. That was Lawler's yeah, wife, too. That that's was the his funny phrase. part. You only saw it if you were watching live. If you watched the replay, it was censored. It was that's, not planned not by nice. WWF. That was not planned. That was interesting. Right. But yeah, so that was your trivia. You, some of those were ridiculous, and most of them you did really well. So good job. Um, so normally at this point, we would transition to talking about NXT UK, but they did just a like highlights of the Again. year. 
Which so they I, had. I don't know. It's weird. They had people doing their New Year's resolutions, they, which none of them did, were interesting. They um, did replay a triple threat match, which was really nice, though. Actually. It was a really good match. It yeah, was really good. Rampage Brown, Dragonov, and yeah. Joe uh, Coffey. Yeah, I really liked that. Was a really good match that they replayed. So that was cool. That's to one see. thing I'll, I I actually do like about those is that I didn't I. I haven't watched a lot of UK this yeah. year, so that that was kind of that nice, was a slugfest of a match. Yeah, yeah. Rampage really Brown nice. is Rampage Brown. I never really love him that much, but he he was solid. I like because well, he, he looks like a generic like old school yeah, yeah. kind of wrestler, but he's good, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna move into was... a section where we talk about what other whatever other wrestling stuff we want to that we call any other wrestling business. So I'm going to start out talking about NXT 2.0 from this week. I'm still the only one watching it. Jackson, you are still boycotting them. They deserve none of my I attention. I almost wanted to make you watch the Tiffany Stratton match just because you should, but I didn't. So uh, I will watch the, the Riddle Walter thing next week, yes. and that is it. So we start out this episode with Grayson Waller heading to the ring in some sort of like camo gear. It's, I think, his wrestling gear plus a vest, and it's all this like matching sort of camo. So he talks... Um, he rips the crowd, talks about being on Raw, as he already was, I guess, and he was interrupted on Raw by AJ Styles. So then they show a clip where AJ basically challenged Waller to a match while on Raw. Waller turns his attention to the match he's supposed to have tonight against Dexter Loomis. So apparently a bunch of things got changed because of COVID protocols, right? So Loomis, thing matches changed here. And I was sort of wondering why, and I felt stupid later because I didn't really put two and two together because I know they've had a bunch of positives, right? right? Or Maybe not even positives, but people just in protocols, so they couldn't be there. But anyways, so he's supposed to have a match with Loomis. He insults Indy Hartwell, saying that she's good enough for Loomis, but not for someone like him. I think he said it's like a a 10 for Loomis, but a 3 for Waller, something along those lines. Uh, then I had here for some reason, but we now know the Loomis match won't happen. So guess who the replacement is? Odyssey Jones. Oh, yeah. Nice. Who they remind us quickly. That's an upgrade. You know what they did do, which was nice? He was one of Loomis's groomsmen. <laughs> right? Remember he had the most random groomsmen? Yeah, well, this one's random. By that logic, you could go like Cameron Grimes right. or any other baby face. They gave the us Odyssey Jones. Yeah. So Jones gets the microphone, calls Waller a bitch, and the bell rings for Odyssey Jones. That's versus... like them trying to be edgy, but they just it always was. go with bitch. If it really does feel like <laughs> they're forced. Okay, we're allowed one or two swears. You get right. it this week. Like, um, I remember like a little more like big time backs is a big time bitch. Ooh. Right. Uh, so it was a basic seven minute match with Jones hitting power stuff and Waller doing what he does until Waller tried to avoid a power bomb as he's holding on to the top turnbuckle pad. The turnbuckle pad rips off. He gets hit by the power bomb, but kicks out for a two count and kind of rolls out of the ring. Um, or sorry, he doesn't roll out yet. Jones gets up, charges at Waller in the corner who moves and slips out of the ring. And Jones does a really bad job of running his head off of the exposed turnbuckle. I think I saw the clip. It didn't look good. Uh, so Waller from the outside notices his good fortune. Somersault sort of through the ropes like it's like rolling into a stunner for the win. Um, yeah, that's lame. And then AJ Styles comes on the screen, tells Waller it's time to put up or shut up, and he will be here next week for New Year's Evil. So there's another match they're sort of putting on this show next week. Ratings grab. So Waller's promo to start I didn't think was super interesting. It was really a lot of just him recapping what happened on Raw in case we missed it, and I did, and I still thought it was too long. The rest was just sort of meandering and pointless, and I still don't know where Loomis is, although I probably do now, and why he had to be replaced. 
Um, the match was really basic and just a way for Waller to get like a sneaky win and for Jones, I guess, to take a protected loss here because he quote-unquote hit his head on the exposed turnbuckle. Um, not a great start to the show. I really loved Waller for that one week, right? And now he's been kind of slipping. Um, I How still, dare you try to love something on NXT? I still see major potential for him as a heel, but I feel like he might just go to main roster really quick because he's, and then gets he's good enough in the ring and they're going to like his character, right? So anyways. Uh, Mackenzie is then talking to Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez backstage. Gonzalez and Jade both want to fight Mandy Rose, but then here are Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray to say that they want to fight her too. Even so- though, and I don't watch the show, but I do know that Raquel and Man or and Cora Jade already got like they're already right. In the match. So things had to change here again. I think because the rest of Toxic Attraction couldn't be on TV. So this is them sort of switching on the fly here. So Mandy Rose it happens. It wouldn't be like a sorry. A t- it wouldn't be a terrible premise if they hadn't already set right. up the match. Already week. set up the yeah. You're right. And now it's like, well, forget we said that, right? Right. Like I feel like if like they had gone into this going, oh, if they be toxic attraction there yes. in the match, then you could easily you could feasibly replace them like yes with um Kaylee right KLR and <laughs> uh, EO, but like it just doesn't really work. No. So Mandy Rose happens to pop up on the screen behind them. I think she's still, like, poolside or whatever. She says she'll get a tag match made for tonight, obviously, because wait, people but, just make matches all over the place. Right, but, no, she's not making them, but she'll get it made for right. who? Another wrestler? Whoever. She Maybe just, she has to ask um, Toxic Attraction, get their input. Get consent. Yeah. With the winning team, we'll get it to challenge her in a triple threat at New Year's Evil. So she still wants a triple threat. So my takeaways from this, Cora Jade still sounds awful. Uh, I still don't know how to really reconcile a heel champion that keeps trying to book herself in triple threat matches, right? Like the fighting champion looking for not even one-on-one matches, but she's a heel. So there's a big disconnect there for me just being a wrestling fan of 30 plus years. Like that's not a heel stance to take. They At try... least not like that kind of heel. I feel like there might be like a type of heel that could but be. But Mandy Rose ain't it. Exactly. Like, Mandros is not that kind and of And they do try to explain it a little bit later to give them a bit of credit. They try to get me there. Um, but anyways, um, so at least this leads to a tag team match where three of the four women can wrestle, I guess, was the, the silver lining here. But why do I feel like at this point, Cora Jade is still going to get some sort of roll-up win, right, was my prediction. And I kept that <laughs> like in my notes, games. whether oh. I'm wrong or not. With, that's her whole gimmick is she sneaks roll up wins so she's done it like four times or something that's so dumb that's her whole oh, right thing. she did that to tie valkyrie right so uh then we get more grayson waller just quickly he's backstage angry runs into msk who are being goofy and ridiculous and msk are up next but they're not because we get a brief tiffany stratton vignette why would her, you ever think they're actually next her daddy says she's ready for nxt but is <laughs> nxt ready for her was the gist of this her um, daddy says she's ready so she must go right and i'm just saying they better at this point, again, I didn't go back and change my notes. My notes say, they had better hope this woman is decent after all these weeks of vignettes to introduce her. She's not. <laughs> if she gets this much exposure and is terrible, it could really haunt her. It will. Um, so Zion Quinn then gets a brief oh, promo. Oh, yeah, Zion Quinn, baby. Where he basically tells Lopez that she needs to choose a side, Legato or Quinn. She won't. um so i'm not a big fan of romance angles in my wrestling so i don't care about this i just wanted to go away you're not a big fan of zion quinn well i mean he's he actually has a really cool look but it's now he's just right off the bat in a romance story that's going on for months so not not my favorite 
MSK come to the ring to talk, and I put this is not a great idea, because them talking, but whatever. They go for it. They lost at Halloween Havoc, but they found their shaman, and now flying higher than ever. Get it? Drugs, <laughs> drugs, drugs. <laughs> Riddle appears on the screen and is with them in spirit, like a higher power. Get it? Get it? Oh my god. This is the biggest like fellow kids, right? We've talked about this. This is like old men sitting around going, this is, the hello, kids will hello, love this. Hello, hello, drugs, drugs, drugs. <laughs> um, Riddle tells MSK. No, they should have made it about vapes. Then it would be relatable to kids. Ha 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 ha. Riddle tells MSK they need to challenge Imperium. So MSK calls them out and Imperium walk onto the ramp. Bartel and Eichner come out speaking German and Italian. And MSK ask for subtitles. Ha ha ha. Bartel mocks their childish behavior. Again, he's the heel, I but he's making a lot of really sense. I think if they really wanted to make this stupid, they should have made it so that MSK did understand it because they were high. Ooh. Like, when they're high, they just, they, like, they, they're able to understand right. them. Or they just think they do, and it's completely... Or, or, or that, yeah. <laughs> like, something like that. They should have gone, like, full stupid. But you're a kid writing it, so that makes sense. You need me, like, even older than me. You need, like, a 60-year-old white man to write this for you, right? Because right, we so get in like, the kids. In, like, a couple decades, we'll get you to write that's, NXT. That's right. Yeah. Um... Basically, they're saying MSK will never be able to touch Imperium. The titles will stay where they belong with Imperium. MSK issue a challenge, and Walter appears on the screen. Thank you, Walter, Ooh, for trying to douche. save this segment. He says MSK represent all that is wrong with wrestling. And again, I don't feel like he's wrong here. So I'm kind of like on the side I mean, of the I heels. I mean, I don't dislike MSK, but like he's not wrong. They, right. It's not like even like they're bad, but they do represent that. They're kind of a joke, right? And he is proud Especially of Imperium. Now. Riddle pops back on the screen and proposes a six-man tag match for New Year's Evil. Yes, please. Walter and Imperium accept the challenge. So this could be an awesome match, obviously. <laughs> it's almost better than getting a tag title match. I really don't see how MSK are babyfaces here. To me, they are more obnoxious than Waller, and Waller's being pushed as a mega heel. So uh, the segment was nothing special. MSK continue to be sort of cringeworthy to me, but we're getting a match that I want to see coming out of it, so that's fine. Imagine we, we just like somehow managed to get Riddle versus Walter like solo in NXT just somehow. Uh, I think it's uh, not out of the question, and that would I would be see insane. it. Yep. Uh, then a recap of Harlan throwing Brian Kendrick down the stairs. Gacy is shown reminding Harlan that Kendrick called Harlan a freak, and Harlan will be next. Well, but it Brian won't Kendrick be against Brian wrong. Kendrick because he ain't there either. So Edris Inafe talks to Mackenzie about his first win last week where I think he rolled up Von Wagner, surprisingly. I thought that was Malik Blade. No, Malik Blade came to defend him and to really? save him after the match. Oh, okay. I thought, because I saw Malik Blade was um, facing Wagner this week, who's the best wrestler of all time, by the way. And um, I just assumed, like, because they were like, oh, he's going for the Sons of Flip again. So I thought that was... No, it was Inafe. I would like to say that's like the worst name, not Von Wagner or Von Breaker. <laughs> but Wagner shows up, gets in Inafe's face. Malik Blade comes to Inafe's defense. And my comments were nobody was good here, but it was super short and it provides fodder for Wagner, I imagine. Wagner sucks. He really does. He's just like the most basic, generic big man ever. It's not even like he's horrible in the ring, nah, but it's just like sucks. basic, basic, basic stuff. Uh, Harlan and Gacy get into the ring. Gacy lets us know that Kendrick will not be showing up for the match. So none of the Whoa, matches. Why did they tell Gacy and not like, why is Gacy the one who he's knows? Got the inside. Maybe he's booking the show. Maybe he's the Anyone can secret book a GM. Where it's like, um, the one time when Beverly Gorbick says like, we can all be our own lawyers or whatever. It's like, we can all be our own GM. That's right. Kendrick is afraid to admit that he is the problem. 
and that he is Whoa. the one that has wronged Harland. Whoa, that is too far. So Andre Chase's music hits because he's replacing Kendrick here. He says that this is a teachable moment, and at Chase okay, University, I was say, like why is like he's not really babyface, right? So like no. Has, so they just needed somebody in here to get killed by this guy, and he's the guy that gets killed by people. Which I thought his gimmick, like, it's not the best anymore, but I thought it was just one of the ones that kind of had the potential. Now they've ruined that. No, it's dead. Uh, at Chase University, they don't quit or run away from their problems. Gacy admires Chase University to be like, hey, we're heels, heels, so we got a little bit of respect for you. Says that Harland was enrolled in school himself until he was expelled. Gacy then thanks Chase for stepping up as the replacement for Kendrick. And I think the point here was chase was surprised and like doesn't want the match but then why the heck did he come out what did he think was going to happen right so i was a little confused there but we do get andre chase versus harland harland manhandles chase and the referee stops the match after one minute (laughs) (laughs) the blonde student of chase's member who we said he's definitely going to get involved he gets basically taken out gets involved he gets taken out and kidnapped by harland they just throw them over his shoulder and carries him out um and this is where I, again, wasn't thinking too clearly and was like, why does WWE insist on not delivering matches they promote? Seems to happen a lot on main roster and it's now happening here. But again, I think it was just COVID issues. Harlan did nothing here. Still hard to determine if he's any good. Honestly, I couldn't tell you at this point. I remember once like, he was being towed as the next Brock Lesnar. Now I'm just I just like, don't know, right? Um, Chase seemed, I highly doubt it. And like you said, Chase seemed to be kind of doing babyface stuff here, which was confusing. Or and like, then, I don't know, he just feels like out of his element. Like yes. I'm saying, like uh, there should be like a babyface there. It was clearly like they just threw him in there because Kendrick wasn't available. Uh, right. So this was yet another segment that accomplished next to nothing. Legato are backstage asking Electra Lopez where her loyalties lie before she can really answer. Solo Sokoa. <laughs> this was so dumb. <laughs> Solo Sokoa walks out of his change room and, like, kind of interrupts them because they're having a conversation in the hall. Like, the man's not allowed to leave the change room when they're in the hall. But anyways, Legato demands an apology from Sokoa. Sokoa says some stuff, you know, talks tough, and then a match is made right there. So why can't we finish all one? all our own GM. We can't finish one story with this group before starting another one. I don't know if maybe they just needed, they were limited with people, and this is what they had to throw together. This is the kind of writing that makes this show feel frantic, right? And unfocused to me. Another example of the talent booking their own matches based on an interaction in the hallway. This brand is so annoying right now. We then get the debut we've all been waiting for as Tiffany Stratton will be taking on Fallon Henry. And we are told that Tiffany Stratton's nickname, have you heard this? What she calls herself. What? The Buff Barbie doll. That's awesome. Uh-huh. So, summary of the match. Arm work, body slam, shoulder tackle, tumbling routine into a terrible corner clothesline. I've seen a bunch of people say it was a back elbow, but I seem to remember her. Basically, she does the tumbling routine, and she's not confident enough to be sure that she's in the right spot to flow right into whatever the move was. I thought it was a clothesline, maybe a back elbow. So she has to, like, make a little awkward adjustment at the end. Uh, then, guess what her finisher is? Uh, clothesline. Flatliner. <laughs> uh, for the win in two and a half minutes, it was not good. Stratton is clearly incredibly inexperienced. This shouldn't have been on TV. Uh, the character's ridiculous, and now we know that she can't wrestle. Like, of course, she's a gymnast. She's super athletic and powerful, but she can't wrestle. Um, she did almost nothing, and she didn't do any of it well. So this was really bad. 
Uh, Kaylee Ray and EO are warming up backstage ahead of their match. Then we get Tony D'Angelo. He's at home on his couch with his feet up drinking, talking about how tough he is. He says he introduced Pete Dunne to his friend, the Crowbar, and he's watched it back a thousand times in slow motion. He just said his friend Crowbar, and then they just bring in Crowbar. Crowbar was sick. Uh, Dunn should have never messed with D'Angelo, and if Dunn comes back, the next beating will be so much worse. Um, if he weren't doing the over-the-top accent, this would have been acceptable, but it's hard to take anything he says seriously. He's basically a cartoon character. Oh, and he lost clean to Pete Dunn, right? If you want to remember correctly. So Sucks seems to, to be a detail he's kind of forgotten here because so you lost the match clean, but attacked him with the crowbar, and that makes you the better wrestler, I guess. So I'm missing something. But it's time for everybody's favorite, a contract signing between Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes, with Wade Barrett sort of being the one moderating it. So Biven starts talking about Hayes having gone missing. And now that's not what an A champion would do. So I'm like, oh my God, is this another guy that's not here? And like, what are they going to do? Right. How do you replace this? But Hayes and Williams do come out. Trick Williams says a bunch of things that Roderick Strong doesn't understand. So Biven steps in and translate basically that Williams called Strong a second tier champion and that Hayes will win at New Year's Evil, et cetera, et cetera. Strong then asks Biven to tell Hayes that Strong will kick his ass. And I thought this was funny because Biven's translate that's for Williams and Hayes but he adds a whole bunch of details so it's like Roddy's saying the most simple I'm going to kick his ass and Bivens turns it into more flowery expressive language which I thought was funny Bivens points out that Trick Williams and Hayes are outnumbered right now and Williams gets angry and talks about how big he is and having an eight pack and all of this nonsense yes he's so tall that is important Bivens says he doesn't get paid enough to translate all night and Wade Barrett finally tries to rein things in Hayes speaks now and says he'll put Strong on a t-shirt and next week he'll unify the belts by any means necessary and truly become the A champion. But I thought you already were the A champion, Carmelo Hayes. Mm, That's what you've been telling us for weeks. He's saying he's not, right now he's not truly. Doesn't really believe what he says. Interesting. Strong praises Hayes for saying all that to his face before saying that he will unify the titles and not Hayes. Hayes will be carried out after and will forever be called Humbled Hayes. Ooh. Ooh. That's the worst insult ever. That is. They sign. Things get heated. Barrett sort of leaves the ring. Looks like he wants no part of it. Bivens mocks Williams for losing to Loomis last week. Williams gets in Bivens' face before being driven through the table by the Creeds. Obviously, which I thought was interesting because Carmelo Hayes is just outside the ring at this point and does nothing to try and save Trick Williams. <laughs> totally fine if they I separate would, those two I wouldn't, me. I wouldn't do that no, either. kill him. Go. I mean, that, that's a bit too far. I apologize, Trick Williams. I know you're listening. Uh, I don't... I'm, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I might not... I wouldn't encourage it, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. So I guess it was an acceptable contract signing, but an pretty, acceptable contract signing. pretty inconsequential. I don't feel like it added much to the feud. I think Bivens did a really good job. The match could actually be really good, right? Hayes of the new crop is probably my favorite in ring, and Roderick Strong's awesome. So Hayes and Bivens were good on the mic here, but the segment kind of dragged on and didn't do much for me. Somebody had to go through the table, obviously, so Trick Williams and Hayes, again, did nothing about it. Um, I guess Hayes is the heel and Roddy is the face. I don't, it's kind of unclear to me. Um, I guess. Seems undefined, but I don't really care. So I don't you know, spend much time thinking about it. Solo Sokoa is warming up ahead of his match with Santos Escobar tonight. And then we get a package hyping up the four tag teams involved in the quest to be number one contenders. And that is Grizzled Young Veterans, Jensen and Briggs, Jacket Time and the Creeds. 
Basically, they all get a chance to speak, and surprisingly, they all want to become champions. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Then we get like a 13-minute, I think, match between Solo Sokoa and Santos Escobar. Um, and my note at the beginning, sure smells like a win by shenanigans for Escobar. No way Sokoa loses clean. So I was partly right and partly wrong. The no way Sokoa loses clean is true. But the part with Escobar winning, not so true. Why um, would you ever think a veteran's going to get over? Really slow start with Escobar applying holds to Sokoa. And I think this is just another time where the veteran kind of has to slow things down for the inexperienced opponent he's got. Sokoa then controls things till they end up on the floor. Distraction by Legado leads Escobar to hitting double knees that send Sokoa into the ring post. Escobar taunts Sokoa. Sokoa blocks a suplex, takes over with strikes and a Samoan drop that actually a decent little sequence there. Till another distraction from Legado shifts the momentum back to Escobar. Zion Quinn, of course, we gotta have as many people at ringside as possible. So he shows up. Escobar dives onto him at ringside, even though he hadn't done anything. He walks then into a super kick once he's back in the ring and a top rope splash. Super and kick. Solo That's Sokoa pins Escobar clean in just over the 13 uh, minutes, as I said. Yeah. The match was okay at best. Escobar, I mean, it's frustrating because he can be so dynamic and exciting. But when he's working a match with one of these rookies, he can't really showcase that part of his offense. He had to stick to like submissions and basic stuff. It wasn't very interesting. Like, I don't think Sokoa is bad, but he isn't big enough to be presented as a monster, right? He's basically just another Uso with like 30 extra pounds on him. It's not like. And he's got like, I don't know, it's weird. He's got such a different like in ring look from it's not like he's rikishi or something right uh, so i don't know it's it, more like rikishi or like his ring gear he's probably not quite ready for matches this long i don't think going from like two minute matches to 13 was the move maybe like go five seven minutes but anyways i guess the win continues his momentum escobar's loss can add more fuel to his es- issues with quinn because he can blame quinn for that i guess um so i guess it makes sense but i don't think the match was great and just i, I a lot of my notes are like Poor so-and-so, right? So poor Escobar, a lot of like, poor Io Shirai. I'm sure there's a poor Roddy coming up and a poor Pete Dunn, you know? Just people who deserve better than this crappy show. Um, Joe Gacy and Harland have Chase's student on the roof of the building now. The students basically... Oh, they're going to reenact Money in the Bank class, you remember, on yes. the roof of the building? They tease throwing him off of the roof, and then they just leave him and walk away as he's sort of terrified, whoever this guy is. It seems like the most pointless thing ever. Kinda. Solo Sokoa is asked about his win as he walks backstage. <laughs> I forgot about this. You ready? So Boa attacks Solo Sokoa, applies the Tongan death grip, Something about he accidentally took out the cameraman, right? So then another cameraman takes over. And in that brief moment, we now get Boa not in his makeup. So he attacks with the makeup on, takes out Solo Sokoa. Oh, face paint. Right? Sorry, face paint. And then he's there looking confused like he doesn't know that he attacked without the face paint on. So, so I guess like, um... he's doing like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? Well, I was going to say Green Goblin. So he's like sure. possessed by the spirit. <laughs> I kept trouble I, I was talking say, about this like, seriously. It's like Green Goblin from uh, Spider-Man. Because um, when, so when Norman Osborn, he injects himself with the serum to keep his military contractor. Over, right. And so then he's, he gets like booed off the board of directors or whatever. So then like the I've goblin. I've actually seen this one. The goblin in him, right, um, takes out like the board people and whatnot. Yes. And like the, but then like he doesn't. Or, and he even accidentally kills his assistant, but because it was the goblin, he doesn't right. even remember it. 
And the same thing actually kind of happens in the new one, too. Right. So. so that's what's going on here. And then in classic WWE fashion, because the viewers of the product are idiots, Wade Barrett immediately has to tell us that Boa does not seem to understand the power that he holds. Couldn't let us absorb this and think about it for two seconds. Had to immediately is... tell us what we were supposed to take from that segment. And that, folks, is the exact type of main roster crap that has infected and seeped into this brand as well. NXT used to be the free, the, sorry, the... The somewhat free. <laughs> right. Free of this mostly back when main roster executives just ignored the product entirely, right? Now, the that's the best thing for it. Important people, quote unquote, within WWE have their hooks in this show. And this is the crap you get. I miss the, the black and gold brand so much. Right. Um, Why is Tian Shaw now just having a 24-7 slumber party instead of this? Like, I she wasn't on this week. So I don't think unless I missed her little cameo in her pajamas and whatnot. Yeah, like, I don't know how that's better. We then get a Braun Breaker, Tommaso Ciampa hype video. They talk about war games. They're both going to win. <laughs> this is how the energy I have. We're, We're both, both going to win. Yeah. Von Wagner versus Malik Blade. So Robert Malik Stone, Blade? <laughs> whatever it is, somehow continues to orbit around um, Wagner a little bit. Why would anyone be interested in Wagner? Malik Blade continues to be a 2.0 jobber, and Von Wagner continues to be a very basic power wrestler. So Wagner wins in four minutes with an angle slam, followed by his dumb, double underhook twisting slam. That is, oh, I hate it so much. It's kind of lame. It's so bad. And his, I would like to say him like trying to look more cute with his beard. That just looks yes. weird. So that Wagner weird tries to continue the attack after the match, but Inafe comes down to make the save. And my analysis, exactly what you'd expect from this match, and it's not much. Just watching two guys practicing being wrestlers. <laughs> Fun stuff. Looks like we'll get an Anafe wagner rematch. Take my money. Main event time. <sighs> Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade taking on Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray with the winners to be in a triple threat for the women's championship, you know, even though it half. was already made. <laughs> right. So <laughs> guess what's going to happen in this match? Gee, do you think the they're match? changing the match they already made or just finding a way to keep the match they already made? Uh, I think they're going to change the match. I honestly. wonder. So Jade and Io start off, and I, my question is, why is Gonzalez wrestling in jeans this week? Anyways, uh, she's changing character again. She's a little going bit back to her original character. Ma she went. She was really bad in that tournament, man. She that's that's like the proof how much better she's gotten because I thought she was awful. In Re those, Reina in that Gonzalez. Right. She was like a jobber. Uh, later, Kaylee Ray hits a senton off the top to the floor, followed by a moonsault to the floor by Io. We get a nice single leg crab by Kaylee Ray to Cora Jade before Jade counters a KLR bomb into a roll-up attempt. We get a snap suplex by Wait, Kaylee Ray. Wait, she rolled up Kaylee Ray? How did Kaylee Ray survive? It's amazing. It is, her, it is Jade's finisher, so it's surprising. <laughs> snap suplex by Kaylee Ray, but Gonzalez pulls Jade out to avoid an EO moonsault. We get the 619 missile drop kick by EO for a near fall as Jade continues to be the face in peril for a good chunk of this, which is probably the best role for her, no offense. Awful insecurity by Cora Jade leads to Gonzalez's hot tag. She obviously cleans house. We get the cor corner twisting elbow drop by Gonzalez to Kaylee Ray, powerbomb by Gonzalez, but Jade makes the blind tag and Gonzalez is pissed because she basically hit her finisher and uh, Jade tagged herself in. So Gonzalez then catches Io coming off the top, dumps her on the floor, and then, I have this in cap locks because it makes so much sense, stops her teammate from pinning Kaylee Ray and earning her a title shot. Baby faces are so stupid in WWE, right? Like, you can't just swallow your pride for three seconds 
Let this kid right, and then pin hit, her, hit her after and get your title shot, right? Yeah, nope. You could, you could literally beat her ass after and then like the exactly. same difference. So the idiotic baby faces argue in the middle of this match. Kaylee Ray shoves Cora Jade into Gonzalez. So Gonzalez is, uh, falls to the floor. Kaylee Ray rolls up Jade, but Gonzalez recovers, comes back in, shoves Kaylee Ray back. So it kind of forces, what? forces Cora Jade to I'm counter so the roll up and Cora Jade pins Kaylee Ray with a roll-up to earn the title shot for Gonzalez and Jade that they had already earned. So I guess they retained that. Retaining a title shot right. that they almost lost because they're idiots? Right. But that that last stretch where you're just saying, like, someone shoved someone, then they shoved this So person, basically, like, that was... Gonzalez is on the apron. Right. Kaylee okay. Ray shoves Jade into Gonzalez. Uh-huh. Gonzalez falls off the right. apron. So Jade's still against the ropes, right? Kaylee Ray rolls her up. But as the count is starting, Gonzalez quickly has recovered, gets back in the ring, and shoves the roll-up so that it's revert-countered. Right, okay. Right? And then Cora Jade wins by roll-up again. Um, so post-match, Mandy well, Rose... Well, at least in Wargame, she only won by sudden pin. Right. Or random pin, not roll-up. Mandy Rose pops up to say her plan is working. What? <laughs> this no. is This is them trying to explain. So here's their attempt, right? Soften them up? <laughs> no, that Jade and gonzalez inability to get along will cost them the match it's not a tag match they don't have to work together in the match they're trying okay to explain why your mega heel is a fighting champion what that doesn't make sense of course not because like it's that that would be like it's like is if she's she like why wouldn't she if okay if that's her logic say i want to defend against them in the handicap match right like nope her logic doesn't that doesn't help yep i would rather face two people than one and i'm a heel smart great great book right. uh the match actually was decent because a fair portion was uh kaylee ray and eo just dominating cora jade but in the end the baby faces look stupid um they're all baby faces, which kinda. is another main roster problem right they just don't know how to do baby faces they just make them look idiotic but they picked up the win anyways Everything Cora Jade does right now looks really awkward and unnatural. Yet, how crazy is it? This is, would be almost a prediction I'd be willing to make that she is on the main roster before anyone else in this match. So that Cora Jade is on main roster before Kaylee Ray, before EO, before Gonzalez. That's not a crazy thing to say. I mean, it is crazy, but it's not crazy at the same time, right? right? Like not, the fact that it it's crazy, not crazy like, is crazy. Right. It's like <laughs> it's not crazy sense? for them, but in in like a general sense, yes. it's crazy. Uh I did like that they at least tried to explain why Mandy's looking like a heel fighting champion, not that it really <laughs> Even made though sense. they did a crap job. So, that's what I have. I guess this was her plan all along <laughs> to fight two women who will get in each other's way. I don't know. Uh <laughs> surprisingly another bad wrestling show. This week no matches I really enjoyed. Like, the main event was decent, but it wasn't good. Last week, there was one good match. The two weeks before that, there were two good matches. Uh, so things are not moving in the right direction. Honestly, nothing of consequence, I don't think, on this show, other than if you were curious to see Tiffany Stratton's debut. Um, there's nothing that I'll remember from this show in a couple of weeks. When the focus is on making talent... Are you saying Von Wagner's not memorable? No. How dare you, sir? When the focus is making talent who aren't very good look good um it leads to a really boring show right um wwe struggles with storylines and character development especially baby faces which is nothing new but now we don't even get good wrestling to sort of buffer the bad storytelling right so we're now watching people learn on the job while experienced talents who we know are good reign in their talent 
to match the level of the new talent. So that just makes a the bad... The talented people are basically being less talented? Right, because they have to be, because the other people can't hang with them. So they right. have to dial it back. And it just makes for a bad product right now. I don't know what else to say. I can't pass this week since none of the wrestling was really good, right? So they're getting an F from me, like four out of 10. So it wasn't like a zero, but I can't pass it when none of the matches were good and the segments are always garbage. So you fail this week. Fail. You fail failures. Um, any, let's see, what else? Are we getting into the preview, I guess? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I haven't really thought about these. I actually haven't either. I looked I at the card, so I've thought briefly, but let's talk about a preview for, what is it called? Day, day one? one? I can't yeah. remember. So day one preview, if any of these matches actually happen. Right. Um, what do we so got? I'll start from the bottom up. Um, on the kickoff, uh, Cesaro and Ricochet versus Seamus and Ridge Holland. That's a wow. joke because Cesaro and Ricochet will never do anything. So I'm taking Seamus and Holland. Of course, because Holland is the young guy they want to try and build. So they're going to have him. And they've proven time and again that they don't like Cesaro or Ricochet. Oh, they hate Ricochet. Cesaro, they only like when they need him to do something. Right. Yep. Um, and another really tough one to pick. Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cat Moss. That's not a kickoff match somehow. Uh, why am I even thinking about this? Because they're crazy, but I'll... I'll take Drew McIntyre. Yeah, like that's... I don't even know why that's... Dare I say I'd rather Corbin? And like, I assume that Moss isn't like being pushed right now, right? I don't no, really know. No, he's Baron Corbin's sidekick. Okay, so I'll take Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, oh, remember him in uh, Sabatelli? Yep. Mm. Remember, I thought Tino Sabatelli was like main roster guaranteed like star. <laughs> and not because he was amazing in the ring, but because look at the guy, right? He was like <laughs> super chiseled. Reminded me of like a Cena kind of deal. But yep. anyways, Turned I was wrong well for him. Um, Edge versus the Miz. Edge versus Miz. Edge. I'll take Edge. Like Miz hasn't been doing much. He just That's returned. That's what I thought. Right. And Edge is Edge. Edge is Edge, and they seem to like him. So I'll say Edge. Are and I mean, obviously, it's leading to them and their wives facing off at some point. But at WrestleMania, baby. probably, yeah. Um, yeah, um, RK Bro versus the winners of the RK Bronament. Yep, that was a thing. Um, the Street Profits. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, RK Bro. Thing was called R- the RK Bronament. There's no way that there's this much focus on Riddle and Randy Orton and that they're losing at this point. And Street Profits have kind of. They've had decent runs with both yeah. tag titles. So I don't think they're getting another one. They don't really nope, RK Bro. Um, match number 5002. Uh, the Usos versus the New Day. <laughs> Uh, Usos are champions, right? Yes. They retain. Yeah, I agree. I believe. Um, and the thing for me is, um, that King of the Ring win really did a lot for Woods, eh? A ton. He's shot up the card. Oh yeah, I think that's hilarious. Oh yeah, he's like, just been. I mean, he's number one contender for everything. At first, he was like a little singles, but then now he's just back in the same yeah, spot. Exactly. Like. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. Yep. It's like they gave him his his moment to be like, see, they got WWE title wins. He's getting and King of the Ring. And then sink it's just right back. nothing. Yep. Because, you know, Big E and Kofi have had major things. So here's yours. Uh, right. And the thing with that is like, oh, wo- the people are saying like, oh, Wood should get his moment eventually. But like, see where I think it worked out perfectly for Woods and, or sorry, Kingston and yeah. Big E. Like, they both made sense. It was both like their times. Whereas Woods, like I don't feasibly see him as ever no. really a main Well, adventure. Kingston, like the crowd was just demanding it and they and, actually and gave in. And he's like pretty good. And, like, he's yeah, like he the kind of Daniel Bryan-esque guy who could be him in the main event. And Biggie's, and Biggie's awesome. Like exactly what event. they want. Right. So. And Woods, he's just not, he's not enough of Kofi and Agreed. he's definitely not Biggie. So I don't know. He's like, I don't know. It's just I funny. think they don't see him as 
serious enough either, right right is part mm-hmm. of his problem i mean biggie's not serious he's comedy like he guy can, like, he can uh, be though right um becky lynch versus Liv morgan uh becky lynch yeah uh i don't oh see. really you think it's Liv's see. time you, i mean you are biased because you think she's amazing right she's your favorite wrestler so <laughs> right. we have to identify your bias i feel like here. this could be where they go with her do it into do Ra. it just so it make it different okay fine yeah, yeah i guess i'll take live now watch that'll be the match that i lose <laughs> but anyway i'm proud of you for that's fine i'll probably taking your I'll... favorite supporting your favorite wrestler <laughs> you're wearing a live morgan t-shirt right now <laughs> yeah definitely not Undisputed what are you actually era. wearing Undisputed Undisputed era, era, nice. oh, i got i got an armband on the shelf yeah and i'm wearing a poker tank top because <laughs> it came straight from a workout basically so i'm 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 not really sure which way to go on this one because it's a it's a pretty fresh matchup oh so God, what is it so um i'm interested to see how this goes because i think these guys could have a, poten- a potentially like an early match of the year candidate as early as you can get for a match of the year candidate technically okay um and cause it's, it's not it's, live it's a more fresh matchup no it's roman Reigns versus brock lesnar <laughs> oh boy uh i will take interesting do you think they'll take the belt off him yet i'll say no it's no. Roman Reigns. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can bet against Roman right now, especially when it's Brock Lesnar looking like a weird farmer dude. Hey, he's a good Canadian boy now. How lives dare in you? Saskatchewan, you know? That doesn't mean crap. He lives out where corner gas is, possibly. <laughs> you really don't Look it up, owns, people, if you don't corner know gas? Corner Gas. Yeah. Great show. Great Canadian show. Love it. Yep. Um, and the last one, uh, Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Lashley. Ugh. <sighs> I really want to take Rollins for some reason. I would love to take Owens, but I'm going to take Big E. I feel like this is holding pattern pay-per-view. Because it's, it's kind of out of the blue. It's not one of their normal pay-per-views. So I feel yeah, like... Yeah, but I feel like, like... I don't know. I feel like... They're going to change Big nothing. Big had a decent run. I mean, I could see it going longer. Um, And it's like... It's, it's kind of like a New Year's thing, right? Yeah. So... I'll take Big E. Take a risk if you want. Yeah, I don't really... Or Seth Rollins. Is he even there? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I could see, like, there's, like, that little chance that they just, like, go, like, swerve Kevin Owens or something. You know what I, I mean? I would love that. I think it's definitely not Lashley because he had. I've heard run, that Owens is, like, the only entertaining thing right now. And yeah. actually, that Rollins, since he's been attached to Owens, is a lot better, too, is my yeah, understanding. Yeah. Um, I don't know. See, I, I kind of want to take Rollins, but I also kind of want to take Owens. I don't really care about this, so I'm just trying to. To be more interesting, I'm not gonna pick Biggie, so okay. I'm trying to think who. Since um, I don't know what Rollins' situation is. I'll take Finn Balor when Rollins is out. They're gonna replace him with Balor. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I'll take Biggie. So, I, that's not a terrible. <laughs> right? Idea. It could Imagine be Balor. that comes true. It could be Balor. It's documented. It is documented. Um, I guess I'll I'll take Owens. Why not? That nice. just sounds. That just seems fun, and I think that'd be really cool for him if he, if that. It's just on the off chance it happens. So how many matches are on the card? Because that was the last one, right? Yep. Um, Bonus question to predict. Eight. Okay. So of the eight matches, okay. how oh, many are okay. not how many are not what okay, has been um how many get publicized? Changed? Right. Okay. Let's see. So because Rollins right. might not so be there. So I think Rollins might not be there. So let's count at least one for the main event. But um, you make your prediction. Uh, let me think. This is gonna count. We'll see who's right. Um, I could see McIntyre versus Moss getting either moved or changed. So I'm gonna go with that as a, a second potential one. And then, um, let me think. Uh, 
Miz is kind of issues before. No. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go two. That's that's I what I was gonna say too. I was gonna pick two as well, but I won't. So I'll go. I was thinking go... maybe like Usos just get a random DUI <laughs> <laughs> on the way to the stadium. <laughs> it was funny. It's not funny. Those idiots should have a driver. But anyways, um, I either want to take one or three. I don't. I feel I'll, like I'll go on a limb. I'll say three. Three. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because I can see like I remember fun. Miz got a little sick last year. Remember they had that weird triple threat singles. And I'm just I'm rooting for chaos. So I'm gonna go three. <laughs> I'm, you're rooting for chaos. I'm rooting for chaos. For some reason, I instantly thought of New Japan chaos. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's it for any of the wrestling business. Uh, indeed. And we are going to move into our final segment where Jack updates us from the world of wrestling action figures, and that's what we call figuring it out with Jack. Um, so there were some reveals and stuff, uh, and then I'll also talk about my Christmas your stuff. Your haul, your Christmas haul. Christmas haul, indeed. Yep. Um, so the first thing I had was they they put out the lineup, and it's pre available for pre-order on ringside, uh, basic 129, uh, Dominic Mysterio, yay, mm-hmm. Carmella, yay, <laughs> uh, The Miz, wow, sure. what a lineup. Uh, Roman Reigns. Fine. And, Figure number uh, 9,000. Which is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Noam Dar's cool. That's what's cool. surprising. Um, the Chase variant's actually on Noam, which I think is kind of odd. I would like it to be Noam Dar just because he's new. So then that gets him like two figures, right? So I think that'd be cool. I'll, I'll probably get that Noam Dar if I ever see it just to add another person, right? Because you haven't seen him yet since we've been watching UK, right? I saw right? him like a little, but... He's cool. Um, so then they also put out um, Ultimate Edition 12 is up for pre-order. It includes that Alexa Bliss that they already showed, like, right. renders and stuff of. And then also The Fiend, which I thought was very interesting. I've heard of him. It was originally supposed to be Batista, but that Ultimate Edition Batista is now a Legends one. I think it's an Amazon exclusive. And so now it's being replaced by um main eventer in WWE, The Fiend, right? <laughs> and the picture is from WrestleMania 37. So I'm hoping it's that version of The Fiend with the different masks. Right. Because so, I think that'd be actually kind of cool. Yep. Um, then we have the Bend and Bash Series 2, like the ones with like the stretch arms. Right. Uh, they're just stupid. Um, that's all I can really say about them. Um, but you have Undertaker, Kofi, Drew McIntyre, and Lashley, and that's all I'm going to say about those. Nice. Um, and then we got like a few like they call them sneak preview images for Elite ninety three. So like it's like one image every figure. So you don't get to see like a lot, but you get like the general gist of these um, new elites. And I'm just kind of trying to pull them up. But so first there is Seth Rollins, which I thought was pretty nice from uh, WrestleMania thirty seven. So I'll always take a new Rollins. I was hoping for like a older Rollins, maybe a Thanos Rollins, which I still want. <laughs> oh my god, the Thanos, Thanos Rollins. Rollins. Let it go, man. Or a Let quantum it go. suit Rollins would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But so this is the Rollins from Mania. But it's like the embrace the vision Rollins in the red gear, which I think is nice. The, the physique looks like Trent. <laughs> looks the, too ripped. The um the head scan the expression's a little weird. It's another man bun one, which he didn't even have a man bun at Mania, so it's kind of lame that they included a man bun sculpt. Right. Um. So I mean, that kind of sucks. But at least now you can just take it off. I mean, True. There's no other interchangeable head Seth Rollins, so you still have to heat one up, but easier, I guess. Um. Then there's also Cesaro, which I believe is also from the same Mania. Um. And he's got like a nice soft goods jacket, which I think is really nice. Cool. It's a pretty nice Cesaro. The Rollins has the rubber jacket, which is is always crap. Like, cause then. You really can't do much with those. They're a pain right? to get they're, off, even. Right. That's the thing. They're just, they're so awful get off, and they never want to put it back on. Right. Um. Then we also have a really a nice looking Raquel Gonzalez. I think that's really nice. Looks 
it pretty does. spot on. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. I really like that. And then T-Bar. Great. Congratulations, T-Bar. T-bar. And then chiseled jaw Ricky Steamboat. Look at that head. It's just so weird. The head looks big. I know. And he's got like, look at his jaw. It's just so Square. weird. Yeah. It, there's the white tights and then the yellow tights one. WCW TV title is kind of neat, though. Yeah, um, that's cool. Then we have the basic top picks uh, 2023 line, which is just it's Roman Reigns, Undertaker, and Bray Wyatt. And so it's kind of interesting because Bray Wyatt, it's a Funhouse Bray, right? But it's a re-release from Basic Series 112. <laughs> yeah. So over 10 series. Um, then there's Undertaker, which is a re-release of Basic uh, 117. So that's like a re-release of 10 series. Right. And then uh, the Roman Reigns is a re-release of Basic 121. So that's like a few series as well. So all three of those are re-releases and they're Basic. So double gross. And then there's the Elite Top Picks 2023, which they showed. There's Undertaker from the Boneyard match, which is a re-release of Elite 85. Not super interesting. Um, then there's an Attitude Era version of Rock. It's got, like, the silver lettering with the blue outline. Um, the only thing interesting about it is that it comes with, like, a... I think it's, like, a hockey jersey or something style shirt or whatever. It's, like, the this Rock kind of oh, yeah. jersey style yep. shirt or whatever. So that's kind of interesting. And then there's this pink, tight, black singlet Rey Mysterio. Which I think is kind of nice, actually. That's probably yeah. the only thing of interest there. Um, the Rock and Mysterio are new, but only Rey Mysterio is somewhat interesting, even. Then they're continuing with those crappy Showdown two packs. Not, I wish they'd just go back to normal battle packs with the, with accessories, because sometimes they had like cool accessories. Yeah. Like, and now you can only get like people who are in title matches, and a lot of the times it's just like old wrestlers right like for example undertaker bret hart from SummerSlam 97 right right like i feel like the battle packs were a cool way to get new tag teams in the line just like you get some neat accessories like i remember wanting to get that andrade zelina vega battle pack mm-hmm. to get like new people and i got like a um a la sombra mask like that was yep. cool right stuff like that and so now that the battle packs are just like they got these boring action stand things like it's just kind of dumb then there's a blue gear street profits they've been they've somehow made it into this line twice now so that's kind of interesting. And then there's uh, Drew McIntyre versus MMA Shorts Goldberg from uh, Rumble. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so glad they got that in figure form. I was worried they wouldn't get it. And then there's some images for Basic Series 128. There's this edge with a gray painted on Earn Your Scar shirt. It's a man bun edge, so that's the only thing interesting. Other than that, I don't care. Uh, Black singlet Big E, that's all right. That's cool. Uh, Promo gear Sasha Banks. Nice. It's all right. Um, then there's the Raul Mendoza from Halloween Havoc with the the Day of the Dead face paint. Yep. And he comes with in a the, suit. And he comes with the mask. Cool. Yeah, in a suit. And speaking of suits, we actually got this. Um, hold on, a promo gear MVP in a gray suit, which I think that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. And then the Chase variant is um, it's Raul Mendoza. It's the same one, just the out face paint. Yeah. Which I feel like you should go the other way. Like the easy one to get is no face paint, and then face paint is the Chase variant. Right. But whatever. And then that brings us to my christmas stuff and i'm going purely off of memory okay okay so again forgive him he's spoiled his parents indulge his collector tendencies and other relatives and himself when he has money so go ahead run down what you got two of the ones i got actually just i had them with me um or i got um santana and ortiz from unmatched series two so that's kind of cool yep um and it was funny because i also got santana and ortiz from aw and rival four so i got two santanas and ortiz's or because suddenly AEW figures are around us, right? So it's interesting because I listen to podcasts in the States and they're like, they can't find any anywhere other than ordering I, them. I used to be the same, honestly. But now suddenly 
Because I hit that obscure one in Oshawa, right? And it was full. Even of... our our Walmart had yep. like um Series 4 and Series 5, actually. I think if you push far enough out of, of the unrivaled. heavily populated areas, you got a pretty good chance because people mm-hmm. don't hit those stores, right? Right. Um. So I got two Santana's, two RTs. I got the Elite 88 Roman Reigns I really wanted, which was the gold gauntlet updated yep. back tattoo one from... Yes, I the ba- say, heard um, lots about that back tattoo. From Hell and Cell. Yeah, so that one's pretty nice. Um, let me think. Oh, I got like basically the entirety of AEW Unrivaled Series 4. I already mentioned Tanner Ortiz, but also got a duplicate Kenny Omega, which is to be returned. Right. Uh, and then I also got Sammy Guevara, it's pretty nice. I yep. got Cody Rhodes and Matthew Hardy. Mm-hmm. And then I also got a Series 6 MJF. Yep. Um, from Unrivaled. So yeah, that, I grabbed that one as soon as I saw it. That was pretty cool. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if I. Oh. Yeah, and then um, one of the last ones I got is I actually still have them with me. Is I got um a basic series one twenty five Isaiah's for Scott. I got the normal one and the Chase one, but Ringside has once again sent me an extra, so I have two versions of or I have two copies of the Chase variant. So you got so, two Chase. That's cool. Yeah, so I've got one um right here. Um, it's the red one is the Chase variant. So I got another one one in the package. So, so one staying in the box, right? Yep. Um. Normally, I don't care about basics, but this is his first time in the line and his last time in the line. That's so, right. Exactly. Cool to get him. And um, it's funny because that's the second time I've gotten an extra because I, I still have him sitting here. I still got my ringside exclusive Elite Walter yep. here because I accidentally got sent two. And I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. So, now, yeah, I've got extra swerve, which is kind of cool because it, it's his only figure. With the so. amount they charge us in duty and exchange, they can give us an extra figure. Not that it's their fault, but... No. I don't feel bad about getting the odd extra figure. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's funny, too, how that happens, unless they do it on purpose. And in that case, thanks. But if they don't, then that is freaking hilarious. Yep. And then, so the next day, my mom was going to um, return stuff. As she does after Christmas. Um, I went to, like, this mall. They didn't have much there. There was this, um, there's this. Uh, it's it's playtime toys or whatever, right? It it replaced a Toys Toys Toys. And I actually forgot to show you these, but they had these, um, hot wheels like monster trucks yeah. like it was like kind of like the monster jam ones but like they're kind of like the big style ones but not quite but anyways they're like these old wwe monster oh, yeah. trucks nice. like these aren't they're not current no you not can at tell, all but it was pretty funny so i saw this anyways and then we went to a walmart after and they had series five and so we already mentioned you um duplicates th- we had to exchange. yes um you guys had three to return so i got five figures from AEW unrivaled series five um two of, of which came out of my own pocket yep so i got right Finally. here right with me um <laughs> i got a hangman which is the it's a long tight hangman which i really wanted because it has better boots yep and it's just another hangman um then i also got um jurassic express jungle boy and luchasaurus so that was pretty nice i got um a john moxley who i don't have yet i have a dean ambrose but i don't have him right. as mox yet and then i got scorpio sky as well um i didn't get kaz because so they have Series 5 as well at our local Walmart, but the one that they didn't have there was Mox. So I got Mox over Kaz because Mox is cooler. And also, we you don't had have a Kaz? Mox. I, did, I was also afraid to buy Kaz because last time off. I snapped his <laughs> leg off, which may be partly my fault for just bending it too far. Scorpio but like, Sky should have come with the Sonic ring. They missed an opportunity. That is true. All right. He did come with the tag title. So that's nice. Now I have two tag titles because nice. we managed to keep the tag title. from. And it's funny. The reason I only the only reason I have a duplicate Kenny is because this is Kenny is the figure I bought right. when we returned Kaz. So if I kept Kaz, Kenny would be a new one. That's funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But that, yes. That's everything. Much stuff. Not a stuff. Yes. You did well. Yes. I also got some Lego. You did. Uh, I guess that's bringing us to the end of episode 76. 
I think we'll be the next couple days maybe with our worst of, right? I'll start yep. taking a look at that and filling in my days, yeah. my ballot. Um, and then obviously we'll be back here next Saturday for episode 77. So we look forward to seeing you all back as soon as we can. We hope everyone's doing really well, had a great New Year's, and that 2022 treats us a little bit better than the last couple of years have. We can always kind of have hope, to, I think. We can always hope for the best. But anyways. We'll see you when we see you next, and until then, take care.